Welcome back, Rage Nation. Got myself Pete here. That's yeah. not really exciting. You got Senior Dixon. I don't think that's appropriate. And you got Monsieur Leopard. Explorers deserved it. No. Absolutely. I was disgusted. I cannot believe they've done this. Why is wacky? Why is that good? It's just nonsense. I disagree on that. That's not possible. <laughs> We're getting the band back together. We're on a mission. Yeah. Now, now we've got a whole new list of things to complain about. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We are at it again. Got myself, Pete, here. And we, once again, are going way, 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 way across the waters. And we're talking to Liam again. What's going on, my friend? I'm good. Yeah, I've uh, just gone back from a holiday in New Zealand. I got to meet a whole bunch of the Kiwis um, at their big um, grand tournament down there. And then got to spend a lovely two weeks doing a road trip uh, across, across the country and seeing... Oh man, it's just gorgeous. Absolutely recommended as a holiday if you ever if you're ever um inclined and um you can get some pretty good games of Malifaux in too. Yeah, I was gonna ask, how did you uh find yourself doing at that event? Uh really well. I came second. Um I got to play like a veritable who's who of the New Zealand like So um, it wasn't it wasn't second out of two <laughs> players, was it? No, no. <laughs> um, it was a pretty good turnout, and it was um, at, like I don't know. I was really chuffed with the fact that I think at the end I had played against uh, like I we played five rounds, and I think I had played against all four of the other five people in the top five at nice. the end of the tournament. Yeah, I only lost um, was basically the finals match against uh, Will, who went on to win the whole thing. Uh, and that was a bloody close game. It was uh, like a 3-4 result that could have very easily been the other direction if my brain hadn't just melted out of my own ears at one point. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, what what faction did you play? I played Outcasts. I played... Um, did you drop Hamlin? I sure did. I played... Uh, it was a game of Tara. There was a game of Von Schill. And there were three games of Hamlin. Yeah, and I, I find that definitely interesting because we are going to talk about Hamlin today. This is this is the Hamlin deep dive. So for all of you ever wondering how to play rats efficiently, Liam does it on the regular. And people over there, I'm sure, hate seeing Liam drop Hamlin. So we're going to learn all that disgusting uh, tech and what he's good at and what, where you don't want to bring him, things like that. But yeah, I mean, Liam, I, I, I will just tell you, somebody who just generally talks Malifaux and, you know, I don't know every keyword, but I, I have, you know, my ear to the ground like anybody else who runs a podcast, but Hamlin is one that I tend to shy people away from, like, especially newer players, just because one, it's a big keyword. So you're spending a good chunk of money on it. And two, if you're getting into competitive play, it's really, at least I think for most people, it can be challenging to run it quickly and efficiently enough, not only to finish a five round game, but then also to win the game. So, I mean, you just want to kind of, I don't know, I guess disprove some of that real quick, just generalities, just what does Hamlin do really well and how do you play him so quickly? 
Well, yeah, the speed thing is actually definitely an issue. I, um, if you're going to take it to a tournament, I think it's um, a really good courtesy to just like know your cards back to front and uh, um, know what activations are important. That's I, I've played a, like horde factions in a few games, mm-hmm. and uh, that's a really good talent to pick up is knowing um, when it's worth to spend the time. Um, with Hamlin, a lot of the time, if you're activating a rat and you're looking at like charging it into a fight and trying to like just get some blight out on a couple of models by making some uh, attacks, but you don't really care that much if those attacks hit or lose. It's like speculative, speculative card flipping. There's like some basic strategies like eyeball distances, like not obviously not in your favor, but like if it at a glance you can tell that it might be five inches it might not it might not be worth even measure by busting out the measuring sticks and checking if it's five inches just accept the one less attack and just walk and charge yeah there's uh yeah there's a few things like i've also found like sometimes when i've because i I haven't played hamlin a ton i I played him i played him a decent amount but i've played him played the rats more with parker so that's kind of where a lot of my rat influence is but I will say there are times where it's like you have like this random rat and it's like, you know, I could get an attack there, but is the time worth me flipping those cards for that attack and all those actions? And sometimes it's no. Sometimes like I want to play quicker. Let's just double walk and have them end there. With Hamlin, I will say the attacks are worth more than they are in Parker because the blight yeah. has more of an impact. The blight's more important. But yeah. Um, but yeah, you still want to just... Um, really make sure you know your cards is the uh, is the first step and um yeah just get used to not always being efficient this is this is going to be a bit of a theme that i might dig into a little bit um later but hamlin to me is a very sloppy master this is not a this is not a keyword to play pretty. yeah this isn't a keyword to play if you're all about like a tight game plan and you're gonna like have a like at the start of every turn you've got some idea of where every model's gonna be and you're digging for that activation control and spending your pass tokens carefully. This is not that keyword. <laughs> this is a keyword where you're like, yeah, like four models are gonna die before they activate. Heck, I'm probably gonna kill two of them myself. Um, <laughs> I'm my if, if my opponent like if my opponent is not under pressure, then he has all the room to play for the um, end of the turn and get his schemes in. But what I'm going to be trying to do is I'm just going to be barreling stuff into him and like kill- killing his models and making sure that everything is feels like it's uh, about to die. And so he's panicking and activating his <laughs> models and just throwing fights around. And the, the board turns into a mess and uh, it's a big old sloppy brawl. And at the end of it, we'll see who actually got the point in the end. That's that's kind of more where the yeah. space that Hamlin lives in. Yeah, with that in mind, you're, just, you're probably playing a bit more reactively to begin with. Um, and it's your models tend to die so easily that... Um, you're just not like putting that much uh, thought into like each model's careful positioning and all that. Um, that's that's another way that you can save a bit. You still got to be a yeah. bit careful. You don't want like all three stolen to die the one one like yeah. AOE shot. the The general theme is one of I guess looser play than a lot of keywords. Um, it's just just sort of a consequence of 
um, what happens when you tend to put 15 models on the table against a crew that in a game where the average is usually seven. Yeah. Yeah. But before we get into all the, all the tech and what he does and what he's great at and what he struggles with. Uh, yeah, definitely check us out with all our fancy stuff. You can do that by getting on our discord. We've had a lot of people joining lately, which been, which has been really nice. Um, I, I do got to put the link. I think there's a couple of discords that have like link pages. So I'll probably add that onto there, but you can also check us out on Twitter. You can check us out on YouTube. Uh, I got to stop slacking and hopefully get this one battle report out where I kind of play Damien, but don't play him super well, but play him good enough where you can see what he does. Uh, and then finally, if you want to support us directly, you can do that at patreon.com slash ragequitwire. You can support us for as little as a dollar, and then you get the content early. You also can get on the chats, and we do have one patron on, which is super awesome. Let's see who we got here today. Oh, look, it's Lance. Lance, my boy. Hi, Lance. He's <laughs> Hamlin's biggest fan. I know that for a fact. Yeah, I bet. He's probably, I, I don't know, is he local to you? I know he's on the continent, but. Yeah, he's in my meta. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, that's dedication, Lance. Yes. Uh, if for context, folks, it's uh, 20 past 11 p.m. on a weeknight here. Um, well, Friday night. So I guess you don't have to be up early tomorrow. But uh, <laughs> whenever, whenever we talk with the uh, New Zealanders or the Australians, we got to it's, it's going to be one way. It's either going to be super early for one usually or super late for the other. Or sometimes on the weekend, we find like, a, oh, I, we can do this, you know, around noon your time and one my time and in the afternoon. So that's the only time I've found where it's like decent. Otherwise, it's usually early and late, which is fine. Nerds are usually a little uh, a little late anyways, like staying up late. Yeah. Um, and then if you want to support us directly, you can also do that through our weird affiliation link. You can do that at... Give us your money, please. Thank you. Dash weird.com slash rage quit wire. And that sends a little bit to the podcast, which is always helpful. So yeah, getting into, uh, yeah, getting into Hamlin. How oh, we got another, got another patron. Yeah. I mean, it's just, he's one of those weird keywords where I think honestly, the most difficult, difficult thing to do. And I, I think we're going to spend most of our time talking about Hamlin one because Hamlin two He's fine, but I feel like he's just your typical obey master that just sprinkles some blight in there. Most of it's kind of the obey shenanigans. But Hamlin won. I think one of the tough things about him is just that a lot of times there's so many options that you can really get the analysis paralysis, right? Where it's like, okay, when do I change these rats into this type of rat? How do I score my VPs? How do I, you know, benefit from all this blight? Um, and and it's just it can be really overwhelming. So just generally speaking, looking at Hamlin one, what does he do as a master? A, a good thing to bear in mind, if you're not super familiar with the clay keyword, is that it kind of has two different resources, uh, two themes running through it um, that kind of interrelate with one another. One of those is the blight system and the other is the rats blights these tokens they'll accumulate on you over the course of the game and the main effect they have is the more blight you have the more damage a couple of models in the crew do to you few effects out there as well that can seriously penalize you for having having blight on you and then um the rats uh like most models in the keyword help put blight onto models they sometimes spawn when models of blight on them die they're also like a fuel for a lot of the actions and abilities in the keyword um 
sometimes they just you have actions that just care how many rats are in an area sometimes you have actions where uh you can vulture on the rats into a better model um and sometimes you've got a bunch of rules that specifically kill off the rats for various effects sometimes it's card draw sometimes it's damage sometimes it's a bit of both yeah and looking at blight it's definitely different because it's not a condition so your opponent can't clear it like there's no way for your opponent to really interact with it it's a token so you get to add these tokens onto them. it's kind of like flicker tokens where it's just its kind of own unique thing right it's probably leads to this strong like through line that the play keyword is a keyword that is deadlier later in the game because yeah. uh there's uh action called bleeding disease that we're probably going to talk about a bit and that i'm probably going to talk down a bit um, <laughs> but it basically uh does damage equal to the amount of blight on you i think that's the most obvious line of play right it's like okay step one get blight out step two laser people with that bleeding disease attack yeah, and so if you compare the two versions of Hamlin, Hamlin 2 is the Blight one. He's got a bunch of rules that mean that he puts out Blight a bit faster than Hamlin 1. He uh, puts, it, puts, it, puts it out from like longer range, because um, mm. he can do it with a few 12-inch range actions. His Blight kind of cascades too. Every time he kills a model with Blight, that Blight spreads. He focuses much more on that side of thing, whereas Hamlin 1... I'd say it's a bit more balanced. Um, he definitely has a much greater focus on the rats, and he, but he doesn't exactly neglect the blight side of things. Yeah. But the effect of this is that because blight stacks up over the course of the game and never goes away, you've got this vibe going on that you're stronger on turn four than you were on turn two, and uh, that's that's a big reason why being a fast player with Hamlin is a really good thing because you're if you're best in those like turn four five situations you want to make sure you're the game is getting to those turn four five situations if we want to zero in on hamlin one he has i swear like the most stacked card of virtually anything in the game it's insane (laughs) i think think he's probably one of the hardest masters to kill when it's when you're set up correctly right off the bat the first thing you see when you look at his card is he's six seven um six defense seven willpower so that's on par with the likes of on shill he's not like trivial to hit with any attacks and then you get to his actual card and he's sporting nihilism so he can uh ditch cards to avoid conditions and he's got an incredible demise ability where if he dies if any one of his three stolen totems are nearby he instead heals back five hit points and the stolen dies he's also and and this is a huge rule he's got this rule called coughing fits where when an enemy model within six declares a trigger he can remove a blight token from them to cancel off the trigger yeah it's which huge. is absurd it's he also like every time a model activates within six inches of them they get a blight from source of the contagion and that has the net effect of because there's a few other ways you can get blight out um you very quickly end up in a situation where you're just functionally always stunned if you're fighting near hamlin yeah. there's so many models in the game that just lose all their threat once they can't declare their triggers all your models that rely on like built-in crit strikes yeah or even or riders right riders uh riders have a real rough time that <laughs> 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 they're all about the declaring triggers so they just do not want to yeah i mean anybody that's played like big brain brin where or anybody with i knew you're gonna do that 
I think Allison Dade has it too, where you can discard to ignore a trigger. And the fact is you're not discarding cards. You're going to be discarding blight, which is going to be everywhere. Essentially. You only really care about having a lot of blight on like two to three models over the course of a given game. A lot of the time, the other blight that you're putting on other models, you're, you're not really gunning for bleeding diseases on those models. So it's, it's often like a, a free, like you don't care that much about the cost to turf the turfing the blight to cancel off those triggers, and it gives you just a lot of control over the game. Just having Hamlin sitting up there near the front, yeah. being pretty hard to kill, and um, switching off a bunch of abilities that your opponent normally takes for granted. Yeah, and I imagine Hamlin looking at the back of his card. He's gonna, I, I especially early on. He's really good at luring in, putting out blight, maybe hitting you with a staff, putting out more blight, and then maybe smacking you with a bleeding disease. And I mean, we'll get into the bonus because that's going to take a while talking about itself, uh, according to you. But yeah. besides the bonus, I mean, is that traditionally kind of how it goes? It's like, okay, I'm going to laser somebody in if they're not already there, get some blight on them, and then Powie hit them with some bleeding disease to do the number of damage equal to their blight. That's one of the two plays. Um, so the so Hamlin, Hamlin has not a single bad action on his card, and honestly, all the triggers are pretty much amazing except for Skittering Vermin. There's, uh, um, I could take or leave that one. <laughs> I usually leave it. Yeah, like, like you said, a very common late turn one, sometime turn two play is pick a target and he's got a stat 7 lure with a built-in trigger to put a blight on them. And you're, you're just trying to fish a model into the middle of your blob and just take it out of the game nice and early. And yeah, it, it, it's efficient. It's good to get that blight out quickly because most of your stuff that puts out blight puts out blight in melee or at close ranges. Yeah. So if you have an enemy model with good triggers and you just want to make sure those triggers aren't going to be a threat, you're throwing... Like I've thrown lures at leadline coat models, even though I couldn't move them, just to make sure the blight was there, so that once they came into the brawl, I could switch off the um, a critical trigger. Uh, in fact, I think a pale rider may have been <laughs> been on the receiving end of exactly that sort of play. But obviously, you usually want that five inch, usually five inch pull into your crew. Uh, so you can start isolating a model and dealing with it quickly. Yeah, and it's a stat 7 lure, and then his other attacks are stat 6. So, I mean, these are all really solid attacks where, I mean, if they want to try to stop you, they're probably going card for card where it's like, you're going to have to throw a high card, and if I have one, it's going off anyways. That's still better than the other early game line of play he has, which is harder to pull off, but um, there will be situations where your opponent it's being relatively aggressive and they end their turn close enough that you can get rats near them. And when that happens, and, and when I say like rats near them, like they can be 10 inches away from the rats before Hamlin activates. And this is a viable option, Yeah, but he has uh, an action called pustulant tumors, which is, I'll tell you now, it's the, str- it's the strongest action on his card. It ends games. Um, nice. It, I have done more damage in a single action with Pustulant Tumors than I have done playing any action on any master that I have ever played. Uh, I think my record currently is 14 damage off one AP of uh, using a Pustulant Tumors. And uh, what this is, is an action what where you, you target... What such hate? <laughs> right. Um, and, and what you do is you target a rat 
every non-vermin within two inches of that rat takes uh, two damage and gets a blight token. There's no, it's it's not a shockwave. There's no, it's not a, 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 it is a pulse. It isn't. There's no like resist flip involved though. It just happens. The two damage, you, you just take two damage, and then the rat dies. Technically, it doesn't have to be a rat. You can do winged plagues or rat kings, but it's usually going to be a rat because killing off your own models is a fairly high cost. Yeah. And then it has a bonus. Uh, it has a, a trigger for quick reflexes to do it again. the The play here is uh, usually to use the bonus action to get those rats into position, and then pop two to four rats. Uh, and your opponent particularly if it's the four rat option, has just taken an unresisted eight damage that they had no say in, and they have four blight on them now for <laughs> if, they're, if they're somehow alive. But these are all pulses. So if your opponent's clumped, and this is how it got to like the 14 damage insanity um, of yeah. one action, was I detonated two rats taking the trigger, and I clipped like, I think it was four models on the first explosion and three models on the second, and that was that 14 damage done across the crew that starts getting into the cases where like for one action like across like one or two actions you've now taken off like a third of a crew's entire collective pool of hit points yeah i feel like Um, that's really good into like hard to wound models or mm -hmm. you know models that have this not armor because you know armor they would still take four in that situation which is decent but armor is a great defense against it. Yeah, if it, you don't have um, armor shielding, that just sucks. It ruins incorporeal crews because it is a tactical action. Incorporeal does nothing. Um, yeah, if you're does. up against like your jackdaws or your kirais, particularly when they're also crutching on terrifying and you're not even having to target them directly, it's, it's wild. Yeah, because models traditionally like that have low hit points anyways. Yes. And, and Jack Daw specifically, I mean, it's like, okay, are you going to discard a card to take one instead of two? I mean, that doesn't feel good. And it can run out of control as well. Like, uh, Hammond's got this aura on him, Voracious Rats, where if you die within six inches of him, he gets this, and you have Blight on you, he summons a rat base to base with you. And that's where this action just starts to cascade. Like, <laughs> if, you, if you had, like, a totem that in the middle of there, that blob and i'm able to tag it with two rats that'll kill the average totem and it gets me a third rat now in the middle of your crew which i detonate and if there was a model with like six hit points in that blob that gets me no, a fourth that's rat which <laughs> that's uh that means i didn't even need the like to ru- supply the four rats myself maybe i only need to send two rats in and then the explosions just start becoming self-sustaining and we'll talk about rats in more detail later, but for the purpose of this action, it's also worth noting that they have Demise Expendable, so every time you're killing them with this action, you're also drawing a card. Yep. It's pretty Feels neat. Good. Feels um, good. Yeah, yeah so, so this I'm, is... So that's kind of the cool thing, right? You're just doing two unresisted damage, you're putting out Blight, which is what you want to do, and you get to draw cards. So maybe if you're not even like, oh, well, I'm not going to kill anything, let me throw two rats in there, draw two cards. I mean, that seems pretty decent. Yeah, you're probably killing something. Yeah, probably <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so l- let's talk about this bonus because I think I have seen you post several times and talk several times to me about how you think unclean influence is the best bonus action in the game. 
yeah, I stand by that. <laughs> <laughs> so the bonus action is a six-inch pulse. It needs a four to work, so it's fairly trivial. Um, it sucks when this doesn't work. If you end up in a situation where your hand is empty and you flip a three, or if you black joker it, it is brutal. But what this action does is every vermin model, uh, so that is rats, rat kings, and winged plagues, moves three inches and then makes a uh, non-bonus action. This is kind of wild to begin with because most actions that generate actions have things about no uh, action. You can't take an action that names a model or attaches an upgrade, and this does not have those clauses. That's largely because it enables... um, Vermin models ha- tend to have actions that um, like name growing into another ones. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So unless you combine your rats into rat kings, which is usually a nice turn one build up for the game, is like you get half a dozen rats on the board, and then you Voltron four of them together into a rat king. Uh, ha- make sure it has focus and fast, and it's raring to go. And then you get to kick off turn two with the uh, this pretty expendable throwaway missile that. That is also going to rip your face off. Yep. (laughs) Where this uh, action goes completely nuts is usually in those like sloppy brawls in the uh, in turns two and three that I mentioned earlier. Because if Hamlin throws this and there are two rackings on the board and a couple of rats, he's generating a preposterous number of actions off this bonus action. And I imagine you're either keeping a card or you're stoning a tome just to give focus to all your stuff. It only gives the focus to rats. So maybe only if you have like a rat king or two there. Yeah, if I have like a weak tome, like a four or five of tomes it's worth doing but because it only gives it to rats not rat kings it's usually a case and yeah so that doesn't help like benny out or the um the the wretch either right uh no this bonus action only affects vermin models so it's not even touch uh it doesn't touch plague models it's only the subset of plague that is also vermin yeah and that's that's something you do have to keep in mind because i think sprinkled throughout the keyword there are certain things where it is like, this is plague, this is vermin, and this is one of those specific ab- abilities. Yeah, so so vermins are specifically the rats, the rat kings, and the winged plagues. Every Everything else in the keyword is just plague. They don't have the vermin tag. That three-inch move, incidentally, is pretty relevant because the rat king is a zero-inch melee, so are rats. Uh, that lets you just sort of scoot into melee. It also triggers an ability on the rat king that will get into later and then the actions that it generates even i'll say even if you don't have our king on the board even if all you're doing is making some attacks with rats rats are dangerous there's a uh, tipping point at five rats where rats start to become legitimate models like they're at five you start being able to make stat seven two three three attacks that also give a blight which means plus one damage on every subsequent bleeding disease you do to the target, which is pretty ruinous. Um, so, yeah, so if- I mean, because you look at these rats and they just have two hit points. They're they're crappy. They're puny. They're just a rat. They're mindless. So when you summon them in, they don't do anything. They're insignificant. So explain why, like, when you have five, specifically on their yellow teeth action, why that's kind of a problem where it's like, okay, this starts to get dangerous for a lot of your models. Yeah, their, their yellow teeth action is a stat three attack against defense, but it gets plus one to its total for every friendly rat. 
uh, within two inches of the target. Um, so, I mean, if you have then, five, that's what, a stat eight attack? Is that what that is? Uh, or is that stat, stat seven? seven? You don't count them at rat making okay. the attack. So that's where the tipping point comes in, is uh, you, you care for every um, every rat past the first, and then you really care about every second rat past the, um, past the after the first, because uh, damage track is like the worst damage track in the zero game. One, a, one. Zero one one. <laughs> it's it's pretty crazy. Um and the target gains a blight token. So if you have a lone rat, the blight token is what you care about. You're flipping yeah. some cards and you're just hoping that the stat three flips high enough to land the hit and then your opponent probably doesn't want to have to cheat against that. Um and you can yeah, just you can, like get you just a, can't get a at that blight. point. But for every two rats within two inches of the target, the target suffers plus one damage. And this is where the five rat blob becomes really scary because at five rats, you've got a plus four to your dual, dual total. There are no caps on any of this. I'll throw a note in there. So this can get way more extreme if you go past five rats. But at five rats, you're at stat seven attacks and you're at plus two to your damage. So you do two, uh, three, two three. three three. So if you're at five rats and they're all already in the area, which is not necessarily the easiest thing in the world to guarantee, but it also isn't impossible. It's sure. not it's it's a very like it's a thing that happens. You throw up that bonus action and your bonus action is five stat seven swings. That's <laughs> Lance wants to know what's the most rats you can get in an area around a 30, 40, and 50 mil base. I haven't ever calculated it. The most I've ever personally done is the seven rat, uh, seven rats within two inches of the target. Yeah, and at, se at seven, you're making stat nine, three, four, four swings. Also, so keep in mind that you can only have a max of 12 so you're getting pretty close to maxing out at that point uh sort of you're only actually just past the halfway point at yeah, seven right. rats <laughs> the the theoretical maximums are completely bonkers so like that's not that's a nuts bonus action though at that point yeah. you have made because each one of those rats gets to move three and do that attack so you like swarm on that one model and i mean essentially you have five cracks at killing that model yeah, and that's before Hamlin has taken an action. And the the it's it's worth noting too that because the actions, when whenever you generate an action, it's the last thing that resolves. Um, when out of the stuff you're resolving for the action, which means in this case, the three inch move happens on all the rats first, which really helps you get the setup for making sure everyone's within two inches of the target. And they all get their focus first, which is just an if you get the trigger, which is just a nice perk. Yeah, like I, I can't think of a bonus action that can touch that, frankly, for, for uh, how much damage that can put out. That's frequently going to be, you know, you're doing like six, eight damage to a target without like really having to do work too hard for it. And yeah. this is. And this is still not like high end. Like th this isn't. This is assuming you don't have winged plagues. You don't have, and you especially that you don't have rat kings, which are the real like brawlers of the crew anywhere yeah. nearby. So this this bonus action is absurd. Um, and even at its like weakest, it's great setup for pustulant tumors because it lets you get a rat uh, a rat to go eight inches and then 
into a position where you can really start detonating them for maximum effect. So that's how. So looking at some of these other options. So, I mean, you said the winged plague. I know a lot of people who don't like winged plagues that think that they're kind of trash models. So what, what do you like when you do that bonus action, what kind of plays are you looking for with the winged plague? Uh, so the Wind Plague is not an amazing model. Its primary function it's is to no, no. Its its primary function is to ramp light quickly end of turn one, so that turn two there's a target that's already in like dire straits from dying to bleeding diseases. So the Winged Plague, like. With, with, with the Unclean Influence, what I'm normally doing with the uh, Winged Plague is that because it's a four-stone model with four hit points and, like, no real defensive check tech, it's usually hanging out right at the back of my crew so it doesn't just get sniped. Yeah. And uh, Hamlin is going, like, second-last activation and throwing up that bonus action just so I can run the, uh, the Winged Plague at nine inches up the table, and then I can activate the Winged Plague last thing of the turn and run it where it needs to be to spread the blight. Yeah, uh, and and the other thing this that bonus action can do is you can make some punches with Rat Kings, and Rat Kings have Onslaught as a trigger, this, <laughs> which they can declare because the action being generated isn't being generated by, an, by a trigger itself. So uh, sometimes you have two rackings up when Hamlin throws this bonus action and they both manage to onslaught, which is not even that unlikely once we get talking about his into his melee attack. Yeah, and I mean, they got a two, four, five damage track, which is, I mean, obviously you don't want to hit them in, but moderate four is always good. And they actually consistently hit the moderate of four because yep. they have a, a rule called strength and numbers that gives them, if they're above half health, uh, positives to their damage flip. So they have very consistent four, four damage hits against most things, things that aren't you know hard to wound or stone users. And even if they're yep. stone users, honestly, that's that's fine. I'm happy for my opponent to burn Yeah, using a stone on a, on a bonus action feels yeah. really good. Yeah, and that's... That on its own is now like up to four attacks from like actual models, like not rats that you've managed to milk out of the bonus action as well. The the action of like generation of a Hamlin activation is kind of nuts. Um, my my brother, my most regular opponent, always uh, characterizes Hamlin's activations like a nuke going off, like without fail. It's yeah. So much stuff will happen, and you don't really know what in your crew is going to be left alive until he's gone. And once yeah, he's he, gone, he's, he's, he's one of those activations that I always tell people: if you have one of those masters, it's like your opponent is going to hold their breath during that activation because you do not know what the board's going to look like afterwards. Absolutely. Only action left on his card that we haven't discussed is the uh, well. I guess we haven't really talked about bleeding disease, but the one I, next one I really want to talk about is the black staff because yep. uh, the black staff is another just phenomenal um, action on his card. It's it's just a two three four hit, and the target gains a blight token, so yep. it's nothing particularly impressive. But it has uh, like the lure; it gets to have a trigger built in, and in this case, its trigger trigger is terminal. And that is the most aptly named trigger in perhaps the entire game of Malifaux. Because what the terminal trigger does is the target gets a point of injured for each of its blight tokens. Which, even if they're starting on zero blight, means the first hit... The the action applies the blight before it calculates the injured. So the 
the first hit will give them one bite, and then the second hit will give them, uh, and and then one point of injured, and then the second hit will get them to two blight, so they will gain two points of injured, and now they're on three injured, and then yeah. the third hit gives them, th- gets them to three blight, which means they get three injured, which means they're now yeah, on and it's built in, which is nuts, right? Yeah, <laughs> so from from nothing, Hamlin can pretty comfortably get someone down to, you know, defense zero. Probably willpower zero, maybe willpower one. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of the time, they're not starting on zero blights. A lot of the time, they're starting on three or four blight, and that first hit is already just sending them straight down to, to zero. So do you find yourself using that to get like them maybe three, four, or five injured, and then zap them with bleeding disease after that? Yeah, or I might hit them once so that their stats are immaterial, and then bonus action, and then my Rat King comes swanning in yeah. and hits them for pretty trivially. We'll hit them for four damage. That's true. You just just neuter be... them and then just send the rats in. Yeah, like the the Rat King will swing at them at a stat six, and they'll be like defense one. Odds are, not only will I hit, I will be hitting on a what would be a straight flip normally, and then it'll go to a positive flip because of strength in numbers. And then because they'll have no way of making the attack miss, they're going to have to live with whatever they flip. And because the result will be garbage, a lot of the time I look at my hand and I have like a five of masks, and that five of masks means that the racking still hits and gets its onslaught attack. We're now like at a situation where I've tapped them once with the staff and done maybe two damage, and then the rack I bonus actioned and had the one rack king go in, and the rack king did like nine damage, and now they're dead. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> and Hamlin Hamlin still has two actions left to do whatever he does. This is this is kind of why a bleeding disease is the action I rate the least on Hamlin's card, is because the thing died before I got to the bleeding disease so often. <laughs> That's almost like your insurance policy, right? Where it's like, okay, if I need to use bleeding disease, I can. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a good action, and I will get into the use cases for it later, but it is probably the most niche of these actions. Like, turn one, I'm usually... I'm, I'm going to be using that lure, and that lure is valuable in um, a whole lot of situations where... Yep. You, you can use it for denying scoring. You can use it as a countermeasure when your opponent's trying to play KG. Uh, it's a, just a generically useful action. The pustulant tumors we've discussed as just being something that can end a game on the spot. Um, and then the black staff. The black staff and pustulant tumors I want to highlight, because this is something that I really rate about Hamlin, is that he's very consistent if i draw my hand and my hand is complete garbage i can still probably make a couple of pustulant tumors work which will also probably improve my hand a little bit but even if they don't those pustulant tumors will just work even with my hand of garbage so long as i've got like some sixes to make those actions work i i know i can make damage happen to interrupt you real quick i mean that unresisted damage, I mean, if people think about it, there's so many times where it's like you need to kill a model and you're like worried that your opponent, because, you know, you're going to draw a hand that's not going to have anything higher than a 10 or an 11 and you need to kill this model and your opponent may have a stacked hand, but that literally doesn't matter for pustulant tumors. Yeah, exactly. Uh, pustulant tumors' fail point is the board state, which is a general issue with Hamlin. You've got to be 
yeah. um, he's, he's he he plays on the table rather than the math of the game. It's part more of that like sloppy gameplay that I uh, that I talked about. But if you're in a situation where you do have a severe, having one severe in a hand of six is still on like the weaker end of the spectrum generally, particularly if it's like after stoning and if you're yeah. up against someone that has like the ability to get several severes in their hand. But uh, because of the black stuff's ability to add ludicrous amounts of injured to a target, you can look at that hand in which you only have one good card, and you can still say, "I can make that model die this turn." It's it's a, le- a degree of consistency that I really rate about him, um, and is one of the reasons I rate the title a lot lower because the title, while it has a much greater f- like damage potential. Uh, because it adds so much more blight to the target than Hamlin uh, 1 does. It doesn't have things like Pustulant Tumors and the Black Staff that just get it out of dodge if it's just at a massive hand disadvantage. Um, Whereas Hamlin 1, you've always got just a way to make something happen. And that is just a really valuable thing to have in your your, uh, tool basket. Yeah, and I think the next thing we kind of need because we'll we'll probably talk about the title a little bit later, but I think talking about all these actions, I, I didn't know if you wanted to speak on bleeding disease real quick before I move on to a point. The bleeding disease is a really simple action. Target suffers an amount of damage equal to the number of blight tokens on it. Unlike most actions in the game uh, that are like this, they uh, it has no damage cap and it doesn't reduce the number of blight that you do to them. The best situ- where, where this action usually shines is against models that don't normally die, like your armored stone users backed up by a ton of healing, or your uh, like th- thing- things that are like that your opponent walks into the game with the and they'll bring this model in a bunch of matchups, and in most matchups they know that this is the model that ends the game turn five still on the table. Hamlin can kill this model because no matter how many times they heal it, the blight doesn't go away. So every time it just gets (laughs) a little bit You can't transfer it, it's just there. Yeah, yeah. Um, Like, I've played Hamlin into Leviticus a couple of times, and Leviticus, like Hamlin, has uh, this ability to respawn every time he dies. But for Hamlin, the... uh, the whack-a-mole gets easier every time Hamlet, uh, like Leviticus goes down because the blight stays on him. And by like the third time you have to kill Leviticus, he's at the point where you just have to hit him once. Yeah. And he just goes from full health to dead. He, yeah. it's, a, it's a good action. It lets you get rid of the stuff that your rats and your rat kings can't bring down that your opponent, where your opponent just has the ability to tank like four damage hits but you like on turn by turn like three four you're at the point where you're doing seven damage hits consistently are you and, telling me this is how you kill a peacekeeper because this is how you seem to kill a peacekeeper yeah, yeah. <laughs> peacekeeper will die to this <laughs> yeah yeah you, you golems with the soulstone cache they'll go down with this it's uh it's a good action I definitely get stronger in the mid to late game. And it's, uh, like you said, it's the insurance policy. It's the, um, I, I would, it, it, it's a game, it, it's an action that has like so few limitations on it that it gets a lot of attention. 
And I think people can make a mistake in overly focusing on, on it as their main line of play. And it's certainly a like it's certainly not an action you should forget about. It's a yeah. it's a very, very good action. I think that but... might have been one of my issues is I hyper focused on like benefiting bleeding disease. So everything I was doing was purely to set that up. And I, I think if like you're saying, if you do that and that's kind of like your only focus, you're probably playing Hamlin a little wrong. It it certainly it feels to me like the less efficient version. Because if you're doing that and you're not looking for your pustle and tumors options, you're probably doing less damage. And yep. if you're doing that and you're not taking advantage of uh, the black staff's ability to load up injured, then you're probably doing it inefficiently and you're wasting cards that you might not have needed to do. It's always better to tap someone once with the black staff and then only need to like pitch in sixes to hit with your bleeding diseases as yeah. opposed to need to pitch in twelves. This is like the one of the hardest parts of playing Hamlin. Every action on this card is incredible and it's very easy to pick the wrong one yeah yeah i've i've definitely felt that a ton of times and what i was going to kind of go to next was just because of everything we're saying on hamlin's card i think that this is kind of where we need to go is so you need rats on the table for this card to really sing i think so my kind of question to that is how many malifo rats do you usually hire and then how much how do you generate more throughout the game because obviously they die easy so you got to keep generating them so what's your general hiring and summoning strat with that so hiring i rarely bring any there's a compelling reason to bring two and sometimes as many as four which is that the malifo rat um if you're not familiar has this rule called just a rat which uh lets you ditch the pass tokens that your opponent has garnered as a result of you having rats on the table. But there's a funny quirk with it, which is um, basically you activate the rat and then you immediately end its activation and your opponent loses a pass token. And then uh, it's still your turn. Uh, so you, you chain activate into another model. If you chain activate into another rat and that rat also uses just a rat, your opponent loses a second pass token and you aren't allowed to chain activate anymore because there's a core rule that says you can only ever yep. do two consecutive two. activations. So your opponent now has to activate a model, and at that point they're now they're now out of like uh, behind on activations because you've you've used two activations, you've gotten rid of two pass tokens, but now they're the one that's activating. So if you hire four rats, you can pretty comfortably guarantee that end of turn one you will have. Uh, two like back-to-back -back activations usually hamlin and then like the obedient wretch or something to try and dumpster a model or you might have hired like an outer keyword mad dog or something yeah this is a strategy i like a bit more with hamlin 2 over hamlin 1 um but it like i i don't disagree with the people that go for it with hamlin 1 it's uh it's really useful to just have that end of turn control what i will say is it is playing Hamlin a bit closer to that like precision engineering style of Malifaux as yeah. opposed to the fast and loose version of Malifaux <laughs> where I tend to play, play my Hamlin and I I tend to lean a bit more into uh, hiring non-rat models that will give me like long-term consistency um, particularly in GG3 where 
hiring as many significant models as you can can often pay dividends on the yep. likes of Covert and uh, Garden Stash. That that's like that tends to be why you hire rats. As for how you get them, well, my favorite model in the game is named <laughs> Benny Walcombe, and he is a good old source of uh, source of rats. His anyone who's listened in on uh, my Parker episode will uh, be pretty familiar with uh, what's yeah, going on here. Yeah, so you basically for him you for Benning to work well, you need a couple of other models with him to drop ski markers for him, and then that'll let him use his loyal rats and tiny hats action to turn those ski markers into rats. That's the, the, the best ability in the game, or best action in the game. Yeah, it, it's delightful. <laughs> it's a it's a fairly cheap as summon actions go. You only need an eight. You don't need a specific suit. It is very action intensive, though. You 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 pay for the the relative ease of summon with how many other models you need taking actions to set it up, and it tends to lead you to consider models for your crew that have ways to generate scheme markers outside of the interact action. So uh, that's where the hodgepodge emissary is uh, is always a good choice. The newly changed Yannick is very good here. Uh, she's got a bonus action now with. A- tome trigger for draw out secrets and price of progress she can guarantee that trigger so she can provide you with another scheme marker and uh another good shout is the catalan rifleman as a model that um can interact as a bonus action so for five points you can um have it activate interact where it's standing to drop a scheme marker walk far enough away that the uh, to be able to interact a second time for a second scheme marker so with like two or three of those models, you've got the ability to pretty consistently churn out four plus rats a turn. And four plus is kind of where I would consider the my baseline comfortable level. Like that sweet level. spot, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe not the sweet spot. I'm very happy to go all in on rats <laughs> and try to create builds where I get eight rats a turn. But I, I would try to avoid going below four because four gives you options four is where pustulant tumors threatens big models because yeah. uh, if you throw four rats up and then you do four pustulant tumors that's eight damage that's killed you know a um a, quite a lot of what's the comedy. what's the tn on pustulant tumors is it do you need a six it's a six yeah okay. so that's most of the time and particularly because you then draw a card off the rat that you just killed most yeah, of the time probably on average it. you get the card again and that just cycling back on pustulant tumors the trigger I stone for perhaps more than any other is the repeat this, like the master yeah, trigger to yeah. take it again because yeah, it, 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 just, it can just be ruinous. The other thing four rats gives you is the ability to make a rat king. I will say when I started Hamlin, I really focused heavily on making rat kings. They are great models. They do die very easily and a, mm. One of my major steps of growth, I think, as a Hamlin player was learning when four or five rats on the table are better than one racking. It's not all the time, but it's a lot of the time, I would say. So Benny's Benny's a pretty great source. Um, he's also got... He, he's, he's also just a really good take for the crew because as a bandit model, he has the life of prime rule and... That lets him be a fast schema in those late turns once the attrition advantage is hopefully swung to your side with all the blight accumulation. And that's something that the crew largely lacks. So 
he performs a really valuable role there by being your uh, your backup model that's able to just walk three times and go get you a point on turn four. Yeah, and I think a couple other things with all that rat generation and resources is he also when you when what a rat kill is dead killed you can discard a card to put a ski marker down which is then also helping fuel your your nonsense yeah yeah so there's a like and, and when he takes benny. damage he gets rats too yep <laughs> so there's, a, there's this like area around benny where fighting the rats doesn't tend to le- uh, lead to you like net losing very many rats because uh loyal to the very end is once per activation yep. but so basically your opponent has to kill two rats at least to be making any headway against uh, the rats that are standing near Benny. Uh, and while they're doing that, they need to be careful to not be accidentally clipping Benny with any AOEs or something that they might have. Cause Benny loves to take one damage and drop a rat as a result, yeah. <laughs> which could be a funny little added wrinkle. Cause you usually want to use AOEs on a, uh, rats and it's fun watching people trying not to hit one of your models for once with an aoe because they don't want to deal with the consequences so yeah that's my that's my uh current like main source for rats the so before you get into the other one i was just gonna say since we're talking about benny you do also have another source of just sometimes ridiculous situations where you do a crap ton of damage to a model with swarm them Yes. For all the noise that Bleeding Disease gets, it's not even the only uncapped damage uh, <laughs> attack in the keyword, because Benny has a bonus action of all things that does one damage plus one per vermin model within three inches of the target. I got what's your, very what's your personal best with that? Uh, I got. I thought I hit the cap um, before I remember that it was vermin models, not rats. So I have done the full 13 damage that is possible oh. off of 12 rats around a model. That was playing Parker 2 and uh, got into a big old brawl and just managed to... <laughs> um, my, the rat situation got out of uh, completely out of hand. If this, if this attack hits, you're dead. <laughs> yes, yes, and it did. Uh, but unfortunately, I didn't have any, I didn't have the technically the maximum is uh, what eighteen because you then need another three winged plagues and two rackings yeah. in order to have that action. It's absolute cap. Now, I will say I think that action is a lot stronger in Parker two than it is in Hamlin. Uh, in Parker, the benefit is that you drop your scheme markers where the enemy models already are. Yeah. Uh, so when you summon the rats, they're right there, and the swarm them action just immediately does damage. What's more likely to happen in the Hamlin crew is that Benny is your second line model with a couple of other second line support staff dropping markers behind the front line. That means that for Benny's swarm them to be doing large amounts of damage, it can't to those rats then need to have gone forward and then lived a turn yeah, because which is um, tougher. they were only summoned on Benny's activation. It's usually more of like a, a sneaky extra. But it's a good bonus action, and you don't even need many rats for it to be relevant. Like, it does three damage with only two rats in the area. Okay. Three damage is a perfectly respectable bonus action. Yeah, is there any other rat generation, or is that primarily it with Benny? There's a few, and they're adding more all the time. Oh, boy. Which is fun. Oh, boy. So, um... There's a really unreliable one on the disease containment unit. It has like a mask trigger on a tactical action that needs a seven to go off. So there's only like half a dozen cards in the entire game that actually 
get you that trigger. Yeah. So that 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 one I don't particularly pay much attention to. The other big ones are there's a couple models in the game, um, particularly Rat Catchers and Hamlin One himself, who have triggers called Infestation, which summons in a rat. That's really quite useful because the um, like I've used that on Hamlin's melee attack a couple of times to just get a pustilent tumors into the right spot. Yeah, sometimes ditto for rat catchers though. Um, they're a bit less reliable with like a stat five attack. But the big thing about um, rat catchers is they have a they have the voracious rats aura that Hamlin one has, where when an enemy model dies within six with blight on them, you summon a rat base to base with the target. And while auras don't stack, they do in this case, because the reason an aura doesn't stack is because it's affecting the same model. And technically what Voracious Rats is doing is it's summoning a rat. And so the model model experiencing the change in game state isn't the model that's dying, it's the model that's being summoned. And so you can have a single model die, and if Hamlin and two rat catchers are all within six of it, they each summon their own rat. So you get three three rats summoned off of that. Yeah, because each each of those models has the aura, so each of those models recognizes the model dying, which then generates the new rat. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes if I'm in a particularly uh, punchy mood, I will build lists that start the game with two rat catchers and go for... Uh, like there'll, there'll still be like Benny in there with a little bit of like support to try and get some rats generated without interacting with the opponent. But uh, a lot of my rat summoning will be happening at sort of danger close ranges where the uh, I'm trying to kill enemies to spawn three rats off of every kill and get a snowball going quite quickly. The other interesting one that is subject to change is we've gotten spoilers for the new Fumigator model and it unlike the dcu can summon can build in its triggers and it has triggers to drop scheme markers and it has triggers to summon rats off which of, is everything uh, you want to be doing <laughs> yeah yeah I, I like if i get either of those triggers and it can build in one of those triggers if i have the right card in hand it's got the ability to generate two rats one way or the other so that's a nice little um efficiency bonus and the other, there is one other way you get rats, and that way is uh, stolen dying. <laughs> we haven't talked about Hamlin's uh, totems yet. They're absolutely incredible. These one stone minions are are just incredible, huh? Oh yes, yeah. Let's uh, the, the the two things I want to talk about stolen are the fact that they are horrendously powerful damage dealers particularly as like if you consider them as a unit of three i don't think there is a totem in the game that matches their damage output and they are ridiculously efficient because um when they die they have this demise ability hungry rats where they summon a rat base to base on themselves when they die and if they were killed by an enemy model they summon a rat base base with the enemy model so when they die you get two rats they also put a blight token on the model that killed them. They they also have a, a bonus action called Inevitable Fate, which lets you kill them yourself and get two rats out of it. And I love the naming of that bonus action because it truly like sells it. If Hamlin 
has activated on turn five and assassinated is in the pool and i don't care if he lives or dies then yeah i'm gonna inevitable fate all of my stolen because in addition to summoning in two rats which are probably not going to be very useful on turn five it lets you draw a card and you know cards are always useful so at at a point on turn five i just kill off all of my own stolen just just for the (laughs) heck of it but if your opponent's making a concerted effort to kill stolen, you and and they have to usually if they want to. Yeah, they have serene you know, continence. I mean, these aren't easy models to hit. And stealth, like they're, yeah, you got to put effort in. And Hamlin is, you know, pretty difficult to kill until they go down because if he's with, existing within six of them, they're they're keeping him alive. They like you. You get a ludicrous number of rats on the table quite quickly. People. People focus firing down the stolen is usually how I hit the summon limit on um on rats being on the table because I'll have like maybe summoned seven or eight rats and then they kill a couple of stolen and now I'm at maximum. <laughs> like the the other thing they've got going like that, that like, that's just you know efficient right like if if two stolen die you've kind of gotten yourself a rat king and for all that these are one point minions they've summoned four points worth of models off their own deaths and then those models are combined into a seven point relevant model they also just have a nice little support action in moldy cheese which lets you it's it's a staff four they need a 14 so they need a 10 for this to work but they get a plus four to the flip if they target a rat specifically and it gives that target fast which is really nice to do if uh you have four rats that you plan on making into a racking because you make one of them fast, only needing a six for it to work. And then the um, when the Rat King combines together, all the conditions transfer over, and then that Rat King gets to be fast on its, uh, <laughs> nice. its next activation. Also, quite hilariously, they have the mask trigger for your coming with me on, the, uh, on that action. And I love it because... One, it's useful to just get your your stolen around the table. What I really like about it is the story it's telling, because normally you're coming with me to me suggests that the model declaring the trigger is kidnapping someone. But in this particular case, I'm fairly confident the kid is being carried away by rats. The because the the rat runs off six inches and then the kid gets placed base to base with it. And these kids are the stolen. They're they've clearly just been taken away by a by a horde of rats. The but what makes them crazy uh, powerful is the vomiting disease action, which is a range ten stat five against willpower, which is already pretty good by Protonum standards. Action that you can only do to someone who has blight on them. It's a one three four damage flip, and if the target has at least three blight, it gets a positive to its damage flip, which wow. in practice usually means that they average three damage against someone on three blight which is comparable to a bleeding disease at that point. And you get three of these guys, and they each have two actions. So Hamlin's like little gaggle of support staff can be throwing out, you know, 18 damage over the course well, of Well, and the, it's range 10, right? So, I mean, that's that's pretty large range for this attack. You'd think, yep. you hear vomiting disease, you're like, oh, maybe it's like six or something. It's like, no, this is a 10-inch threat right here. With their stealth and the fact that they want to be within six of Hamlin, they're usually hanging back in the second line and then just sort of shooting into the melee. And stat five isn't like it's fine. It's it's probably (laughs) above what I would expect expect them to have as totems. But if you've tapped someone with the black star, 
you're probably not they're, they're going to die to the stolen before you start hitting them with bleeding diseases because the stolen will be trivially hit trivially hitting them and doing like three or four damage on every hit and there's so many of like you get six actions out of them in that sort of like you know you look at lord chompy bits and he's happy doing like one or two damage like one, one or two like six damage punches at his like absolute best case performance and if he hits twice for six damage he's done like two-thirds of a sto- of the three stolen's like average damage output against a against the target it's crazy how much work the stolen can do so i mean it's tough because would you say it's worth killing the stolen but you need to find efficient ways to do it because if i so and i actually did this playing against ophelia the other day because you know it's kind of the same with ophelia but less good than the stolen but the the young are pretty solid so they're worth killing so i just was playing colette and i just dive bombed my um my mechanical dove in there and just blew it up to do two damage. So I imagine if you have an ability to do just, Hey, here's two damage. It's probably worth doing the stolen because they're pretty good. Uh, look, doves are the, in particular, like the bane of the stolen's existence. Aha. Uh, particularly cause I think the, they, they mess with the way the rats are summoned as well from memory, but it, it's, it's definitely worth killing stolen. Like, uh, but uh, it's kind of a recurring theme that I quite like in Hamlin, which is that, as a rule, uh, in the ha- across the plague keyword, when bad things happen to you, something kind of bad happens to your opponent as well. Yeah. So uh, that can be mild, like it, like the the mild end of the spectrum is your opponent just doesn't get their triggers when they're fighting near Hamlin. But there's quite a few cases like when stolen die, when the rich wretch dies, or when Benny takes damage you get some blight on you or there's the disease containment unit exploding when it dies and putting some damage back. There's just a lot of like little, re- or, or uh, I mean, famously there's the rats and the rackings being expendable and getting you cards when they die. There's just like, it, it, it's all part of that like messy kind of game where you're just expecting a whole bunch of your models to die but you're not going to really care about it that much is because you're just constantly being rewarded for your own stuff dying and it's up to your opponent to make that like risk reward calculation on whether or not to kill the stolen if their game plan is to kill hamlin they're probably going to need to have to kill at least one or two of the stolen at the very least but if they're like if they're resigned to Hamlin living the entire game, stolen might not work, be worth killing. Yeah, it's it's a toss up. Um, sometimes just getting that one blight token on you is really punishing because if you're playing into Hamlin, particularly if you're playing a model that's trying desperately to keep its uh, triggers online as long as possible, making going for that kill on a stolen can immediately end a lot of them and i mean this is going a little bit into the negatives of the crew but i also imagine stolen don't like shockwaves and the crew in general doesn't like shockwaves obviously bring some sort of uh area of effect uh attack into uh hamlin is a pretty good idea and the stolen for their stealth and their serene countenance are defense willpower and movement four so they'll usually fail (laughs) a few actions but as a Hamlin player, it's not the end of the world if one or two of the stolen sure. die. And uh, even if all three go down, 
Hamlin's still not that hard. He's still not. He's still six seven, and he's still a stone user. Yeah. And yeah, if you've gone backed up with some healing, he probably is going to be okay. Yeah, it's not the end of the game if the stolen go down. Yeah, and if you're using like ranged effects to down the stolen from like far away with those shock waves, it doesn't stop the their demise effect from putting a rat base to base with you. And oh, that's cool. Yeah, if if you if you shockwave two stolen off the off the um off the table in one activation, and a Hamlin has yet to activate, you find Hamlin's just, pretty excited. Oh, yeah. you've just set up a good <laughs> puzzle in tumors. <laughs> okay, and I think the next thing that we have to talk about because I feel like this is just the model that when people think of Hamlin, besides all the blight, they think of Nix and the nonsense. So. Looking at Nyx, he or she's an interesting model. He, I think. I think. I'm pretty sure my I don't know. refers to him as a he. Nyx has a litter of rats in its belly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, like, the, it is placed quite in a, sort of a suggestively womb-like fashion. But again, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly sure male pronouns are what, uh, what shows up at his lore entries. Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, I talk about this model because... If you're not prepared for Nyx, you will think he's the most broken model in the game. As a rule, the play keyword is a... It's like an attrition keyword, but everything in it is fragile. And there are two major exceptions to that. One is Hamlin himself, as we've discussed, and the other one is Nyx. Nyx is, like, up there for in the running for, like, tankiest non-master model in the game, and he beats a lot of masters too he's only seven hit points but he is incorporeal he has cruel disappointment so he never takes him and every other model within three inches just don't take severe damage and he's got this incredible rule called the sweet taste of failure where every time an enemy model within three fails a duel this one will heals one an enemy model fails a duel is so permissive like you're you can heal off your opponent failing to hit a tactical action you heal when two unrelated models are fighting one another uh every time the every time like if there's a racking in melee with like your opponent's hungering darkness or something then every time the hungering darkness misses the racking nyx heals every time the racking hits the hungering darkness nyx heals every time nyx makes an attack Nyx heals. Nyx has a uh, good bonus action called Drink Spirit, oh. which uh, I, I've done that a lot. Yeah, like where it's like, oh, I, I need to heal. Let me run into some models and make them pass this. It's a pretty high willpower too. It's fifteen. Yeah, fifteen. It's one of the highest ones in the game, largely because the only effect to it is a signal blight token if you fail. But if you failed and you're within three of uh, Nick, <laughs> Nick heals. heals. So uh, I, I've definitely had games where it felt like uh, Nix would be a weaker model if they just put like an infinite sign where his hit points should be, because then at least the opponent <laughs> would know that it's a pointless endeavor trying to kill him, and they wouldn't make the mistake of uh, dedicating. Yeah, because they see seven and they're like, "Oh, it's a henchman," but I I can get through this. Yeah, and uh, then they do like. You know, they push maybe three damage through. I let an attack hit, and I don't bother stoning because I know what's about to happen. And then <laughs> Nyx activates, and he makes two attacks and does his bonus action or something, and he's on full health again. And they go, okay, all right, well, let's hit him again. And then, like, 
Hamon's bonus action goes off sometimes, and Nyx heals six hit points because rats at stat seven just well, swarmed and, all over. And that's kind of the funny thing that you have to realize, right? Where it's like, especially if you're bringing something like the hodgepodge as well. So it's like, you know, you have that as a backup. And you just have to realize with your henchmen sometimes and your masters that stoning damage isn't always a good option because if you have stuff that's going to heal you throughout the turn you do want to take a little bit damage so that way you just save the resource and you just benefit from that healing yeah it's always good to know when you can afford to be efficient sometimes nix will be like once he starts getting to like the four hit point range he starts yeah, getting to the point like this model could get spiked down if i don't drop a soul soul stone or two but when he's at full health you can afford to let some damage sneak through before you need to worry about stoning. Um, Nyx is, like, within the context of the crew, he's very much the, to, co- to, to co-op a Warhammer phrase, he's the distraction card effects. He's, uh, <laughs> he, he's bait. If you're attacking Nyx, you're doing kind of what I want you to do. Something doing, wrong, yeah. Because everything else in my crew will die if you attack them. And with Nyx, you're just sort of throwing those AP into the void, and I'm very happy for it. He's also uh, got the diseased aura, which is very common across the rest of the crew, which is a three-inch aura. Enemy moles that start their activation within three gain a blight token, which uh, is mostly noticeable for the way it stacks with um, Hamlin's, Hamlin's aura, because Hamlin's got a start activation gain a blight token but it's a six inch range and because it has a different name it stacks on with disease so you'll often be getting two blight every time you activate if you're in a brawl with hamlin and just for good measure nix also just has nihilism in case you're trying to do something mean like give him slow yeah it doesn't come up all the time but it's always neat when it does his uh his actual actions I can. His actions are good, but it feels like they're not as important as his front of card, because um, his his job in the crew is to just absorb attention. And yet, despite that, he has bleeding disease, so he can do whatever amounts of damage in the like mid to late game. He he's the second of three models in this crew that has bleeding disease, and he is the worst model at it. He's the same stat as Hamlin, but he lacks... Hamlin has a trigger for plus one damage and some healing that makes his bleeding disease a little bit stronger. And uh, the Wretch, who is the third bleeding disease uh, model, is the true master of the bleeding disease. But we'll get to her in a bit. (laughs) But nevertheless... Yeah, so, I mean, do you... So do you like using bleeding disease more with Nyx than Hamlin? Or do you still use the bite to put blight out or does it matter it seems like a kind of it matters in the situation yeah so like we discussed with hamlin because everything on hamlin's card is so good bleeding disease i often end up in a situation where i go "Eh, another model can do that so i'm going to do one of the other things that only hamlin can do that i that i really want to do and in that sort of situation yeah nicks often just gets left going all right well i'll do the bleeding disease and he's fine at it there's there's not a whole lot to say. Sometimes you just hit someone for six damage and it feels good for you. Yep. <laughs> He's also got a melee attack, which is fine. It's a two three four with a built-in trigger to give uh, blight. This taint trigger is quite common across the crew. It's uh, gives the blight uh, equal to the number of crows in your dual total. So he has one nope. built in. So if he flips one, he throws two blight on the target. He can stone for a third one, but I rarely find that to be that necessary. Interestingly, this is a small thing with um, 
Hamlin 2 is Hamlin's got a bonus. Hamlin 2's bonus action lets you add a suit to a duel for uh, in certain circumstances. So there is a situation where Nyx bites you for four blight twice, and now you're on eight blight all of a sudden out of nowhere. But uh, it's, it's pretty cool in the case. Most of the time, I'm happy just getting one or two blight out of uh, out of the spectral blight and just having Nyx tie up opponents. The main thing to note with this thing is that it is a willpower attack, which really throws people a lot because they just you don't associate yeah. a bite attack as being a willpower attack it's not really a scary man yeah yeah he, he, he gotta have the willpower he goes for your feelings <laughs> um it does which we probably eats your soul we probably should have known that from the sweet taste of failure and cruel disappointment being on the front yeah. of the card. <laughs> i think so we know nix is good oh, and then the other model there is one other thing Sorry, on Nyx that i do want to highlight which he has a second bonus action called loose bowels and it doesn't come up a lot, but when it comes up, it's straight up matchup altering. Uh, and it's a six inch aura that he can put up on when he activates. And it's every time until the end phase when an enemy model within range would declares the interact action, you can remove a blight from the enemy model to cancel the interact action. Um, so I talked about this oh. a bit in the uh, the outcasts specific episode it makes him very good for carve the path because he's it's one of the only ways to just deny interact actions on carve the path but if you end up in a situation where it's a relatively interact heavy pool and nix isn't the fastest model so he tends to want one that's still a bit center focused but he can just run into the center if you're activating him early every turn you turn off a lot of the opponent's scoring potential so the other one i was kind of looking at that i think you always bring is the obedient wretch i just think there's no reason not to bring her both of hamlin's henchmen are um pretty much always takes in my in my opinion um i have played the occasional game where i didn't bring one or the other one you never leave home without the wretch. The wretch is a five soul stone tax that is automatically assumed to have been purchased when you declare Hamlin and you have the other 45 stones to actually make decisions with. The She is, without a doubt, the most dangerous five point model in the entire game, as well as being inexplicably tanky and just all round incredible. I <laughs> She's, for five points, you get bleeding disease only at stat five more importantly you get the incredible tummy aches rule where your opponent just can't cheat in an opposed duel with her they can't cheat to hit her they can't cheat to dodge her attacks it makes her it's provided they have if, if they've gotten any blight on them she's just a nightmare to deal with yeah. that's even before you look at the fact that she has manipulative and stealth making her just an incredible model for Hidden Martyrs, a great model for, uh, but particularly Vendetta. She is so good at Vendetta. Oh, yeah. At five points, she's so, such a low cost, she can pick just about any model in the opposing crew as her Vendetta target. And just nuke it. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, sometimes you pick a really expensive model because you're a bit worried that uh, if you pick a cheap one, she might accidentally one-shot it. it. <laughs> <laughs> but then once she's gotten her vendetta point at with stealth and manipulative and tummy aches, she's so well-suited to just start running for the back of the board yeah. and just guarantee you that second point as well. She's one of the best vendetta scorers in the game, in my opinion. Um, it's it's very hard to come close. She's... in in. 
The rest of her card isn't as notable. She's got Analyze Weakness, which is actually... It's an action that in a, on a lot of models uh, is kind of hard to justify. But on her, as a model where the opponent can't cheat and she only costs you 5 points, if there isn't a really compelling Bleeding Disease target on the table, she has no problem doing Analyze Weakness. Well, I mean, <laughs> just think of the volumes of attacks that you get with a Hamlin list. And if you analyze weakness, I don't know, let's just say on any armor two model, it's just like, oh, all this damage these rats are doing is going through. All these bleeding diseases are not getting reduced. It's like just really good. It's, a, it, it's, it's good. It's just a really nice piece of tech to just sprinkle in there. Um, like on top of all the other stuff Hamlin's got going for him. He's got a way through armor. She's got a, a gun attack as the tossed rat, which is rarely useful. I, I've, I've definitely used it to score Vendetta a couple of times where I... You would have killed the model if you hit Bleeding Disease. Yeah, like, the, the, most, the stupidest one was probably a game where, like, I got Mancha Roja to, like, seven Blight, but in the process, I dropped him down to five hit points. And so I was looking at it and I went, um, so the wretch goes and she throws a rat at him and she did one damage because he's hard to wound and there's, <laughs> Vendetta. and my, and I'm just like staring at my opponent going, don't stone, don't stone, don't Because if he stones and blanks that damage, I don't feel the oh, yeah. point, but he, thankfully he sees the one damage and he goes, well, that's fine. And then lets the one damage through and I go, great, wretch, run. <laughs> She's done. Vendetta. <laughs> Vendetta score. <laughs> Someone else can bleeding disease mantra later. <laughs> it's not important anymore. And then uh, the other cute thing she's got going for us is that she has the same demise and the same inevitable fate rule as the Stolen. She's basically a grown-up Stolen. That, like, if you, you don't do that, obviously, if you've picked her for, for a scheme. But if you haven't, you know, still fine to just kill her off on a late turn to get a couple of rats and a uh, card that you might need. Yeah, and like I said, you're always bringing her. She's just really solid in a lot of pools. And... Yeah, it's just just really good. I don't know if um, if there's any other a lot of brings that you do, but I know that's your core. Yeah, so I would say I, I run a lot of different Hamlin lists. My I will almost always have spent the first twenty one soul stones on Benny, Nix, and the Wretch. The rest of the yeah. stuff will will flex uh, quite a bit. Um, depending on what sort of vibe I'm going for. Lately, I've been playing a lot with uh, Yannick and the Emissary, both being hired into the list to really like maximize my rat summoning. Yeah. With those two, you pretty consistently get like six rats a turn, turn one, turn two. <laughs> I know when they drop the uh, the Yannick uh, nerf, I know you were like, what are you talking about? This is like a buff for me. This is like super awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Screw it. Screw ingenuity. I'm here for that draw out secrets trigger on uh, on Yannick. That's what, we, <laughs> that's what I care about. I, I actually remember when the Outcast starter set was announced originally. I got very excited because I went and looked at all the syndicate models and almost every syndicate model I looked at had the draw out secrets trigger. And I immediately no. went, Oh, I cannot wait. If like those Catalan riflemen have draw out secrets on their gun, I'm just going to shoot Nick's twice every turn to drop some extra ski markers. And then sadly they came out and not one had draw out secrets. And I was very disappointed, but but they've, they've fixed it. They fixed their egregious mistake, and go. now I have Hamlin synergy. 
it, it's gotten very hard to write Hamlin lists. I used to think that I had like just a single set list for Hamlin, but these days there are so many compelling choices. Um, like one that really shook up the uh, the just the way Hamlin sort of plays um, was the disease containment unit, because as a crew plague is a very melee focused crew it's got a couple of like like bleeding disease has a long range on it but it's a long range that only does something if the target already has blight and as we've mentioned blight happens when you're close to the to the models so that range mostly gets used for second line models being able to shoot into the melee rather than to like start the fight so what the disease containment unit brought to the keyword was a gun that is very powerful like the flamethrower is an incredible uh weapon to have access to and it lets you um actually start the fight and put pressure on your opponent to come to you which is not really a tool that hamlin had certainly not in keyword prior to this He's also got a bonus action that lets you move a whole bunch of models three inches, which is just great when you've got a large yeah, large back. number of models on the table, and a lot of them are trying to get from the back line to the sec- to the front line as you try yep. to get your rats up the table. Well, especially because you got people don't might not realize this if they haven't played with or against Hamlin, but I mean, especially when you're getting a lot of these rats, they're mindless, so it's not like they can activate and go somewhere. So having abilities and actions to help move them into more relative positions is always good. Uh, it also just helps with like, lets your stolen shift up into position to make sure they're staying within six inches of Hamlin. It's good yep. for rescuing models in certain circumstances. It's she, She's just a really useful model and it kills me that I don't always have the points to fit her in. <laughs> yeah. Every time I bring her, even in a crew with no support, like like I've I've run the disease containment unit in crews with like uh in like Hamlin 2 crews specifically, where I've had like the Catalan Brawler and Scavengers just to really pump her up. But even if you slap her into a Hamlin 1 crew with absolutely nothing to to make her any better, she still shines. She's still like uh, all she needs to do is take like one focus shot on turn two, and she's probably made her points back. Because if you hit that uh, severe four double blast, everything gets burning two trigger, uh, burning two, not trigger. It's just part of the action. You you can do a, just a crushing amount of damage to a tightly packed crew. Yeah, and you, you and it does have the built-in trigger where if you just want to stack some blight out early, it definitely helps to do that. Yeah, uh, as a rule, I've actually found leave, making the uh, burning burning is better. Blight is good, but it's uh, da- the the nice thing about the burning is that it's free damage that you don't need to think about. Whereas the blight is only yep. translates into being extra damage when you specifically hit that specific target with bleeding seas <laughs> you, you don't have to tell me man i've been playing a lot of sand deep and those pyre markers are money and you're just pulsing out damage and fire off of it and at the, at the end it's like oh you have six burning on this model take just you know two damage it's cool and the fact that this action uh the flamethrower does burning too is so good because it's uh yeah. it, it, it starts to feel like she's a min three gun because your first shot does two damage and then one damage later on and then your second shot does two damage and gets the target to burning four and now they're taking another one damage so it feels like 
like it, it it's constantly ticking that um yeah that met it goes up in the right interval to just constantly feel like a it it it's worth it adds more pressure yeah which i mean just from what we've been talking about that's kind of hamlin's game is like okay you have a lot of models in the danger zone how are you going to react to that yeah you you want to really uh make sure you have a good way to put like aoe's are really valuable for this because uh the downside to the way benny works is that there's inevitably going to be a few activations you have to make that are just like you dirtling in your back line and that's not really conducive to that like that starts to give your opponent breathing room and they might start thinking about how they can score if they just like save an activation for the end of the turn you don't really want them doing that so halfway through that process uh it's good to just set everyone on fire and make your opponent start panicking again any other just random models that you found work really well with uh hamlin before we check out the title i'll i'll Throw a kind word out for the Malifaux child. For three points, getting a significant model that can just drop a scheme marker and that marker becomes a rat. That that, that <laughs> does some work. Uh, also, like just like you, has a lot of limitations on it. But because mm-hmm. Pustule and Tumors works on vermin and doesn't actually specifically name a model, it lets you copy Pustule and Tumors for more explosions. So that's pretty neat. I often find myself... Not so much in GG3, because there's not so much of a need for it. But you often find yourself kind of wanting models like the Midnight Stalker. I quite like Big Jake as like a scheme runner, because he can get blatted and you still have a way to um, bring him back on, and he's quite cheap. But you, you you often need to look for something with a bit more mobility to score some um, some of the harder points with him. And the other thing that I would just want to mention that I haven't really talked about is the Rat King specifically. Because the Rat King, um, like we've talked a little bit about how they're really good damage dealers, but the Rat King has uh, a couple of little bits on it that I want to highlight. One is uh, its swarm ability on the front of card, which is uh, whenever it ends a move in base contact with an enemy model, the that model has to make a TN12 move duel or it gets slow. That's pretty good. It's pretty good because Hamlin's bonus action moves the Rat King three inches, which triggers that. Um, that's pretty nice. Uh, what's really funny is if you are fighting models that don't have a melee action at all, you can move them in with swarm uh, with, with the with hamlin's bonus action trigger a swarm action a swarm test and then charge off into another model or something and trigger another swarm test but like twice off one model off of hamlin's bonus action and you still haven't gone to to your action you get you can sometimes get like a randomly large amount of, of slow out with a racking without it ever actually requiring actions on your part it's just like a passive freebie they're also really good anti-schemers because they've got the Gnaw bonus action where if they're unengaged, they can just play space space with a marker to remove that marker. Yeah, that one's been good, for, especially if you like see leave your mark Yeah, and, or something and like that. Th- these things can threaten far. Like if, it, if it's fast, it can like disengage, walk twice and Gnaw for like a to- cumulative like 20 inches to get rid of a scheme marker that your opponent was counting on to win. If your opponent's made the mistake of taking, like, outflank or something, the racking can ruin their day from, like, even if it started its activation in the center of the table. And the But the final really cute thing about the racking is its ability to, at no flip, summon a rat catcher and kill itself. 
which is very fun, particularly if you're in a situation where someone something's gone into the racking and by a miracle it has lived and is on like two hit points. Because then you get to activate the racking, make an action or two with it if it's fast, and then summon in the rack catcher. And because the rack catcher is a summon and not a replace, uh, the rack catcher comes in on full hit points and then they have to do all the work again. And you get to draw a card. And you get to draw a card because you kill the Rat King and the Rat King's expendable. Yep. Mike, if you position it badly and there are other rats nearby, sometimes you draw way more cards than you might actually yeah. want. But... <laughs> <laughs> okay. So definitely a lot to chew on, but looking at Hamlin's title, The Piper, this guy definitely plays different. So I'm just kind of wondering how different this changes how the crew plays because we've gone through a lot of stuff on how you can do all these cool interactions. So what's different about the Piper and when do you bring him if you do? Yeah. So the Piper is a really weird one. He possibly shares like the, like he's got to be in the running for having the most shared text on his card. that is also on his original version. Cause there is a yeah. lot of rule similarity. He has the same demise, the sacrifice uh, stolen to keep himself alive. He has the uh, source of the contagion aura to um, spread blight. Whenever someone activates near him, he says nihilism, even then on the back of the card, he's still rocking bleeding disease. The, uh, he even has like other rules which are different in their text, but similar thematically, I guess. Like yeah. uh, where Hamlin could cancel triggers by removing blight. Piper has a rule called uh, obedience, where when someone would draw a card, he can remove their blight to still card draw instead. Much, yeah. much weaker, I will, will say, than just blanket canceling triggers. But, uh, and, you know, sometimes it comes up and it's pretty funny. Is it, is it funny? <laughs> Honestly, what it mostly happens is it comes up and you forget it was on the card and then you, you don't resolve it. And yeah, no. it life. so the big things the Piper has going for him is the he's got spreading death. So when an enemy model is killed, you can take up to three of its blight tokens and spread them to other models within six inches of the kill model. The tokens have to be spread evenly, and it doesn't specify that the tokens spread to enemy only, so even having your own models in the area will reduce how concentrated the blight gets. So what you normally expect from that is uh, a couple of models get one blight when, um, when an enemy model dies. The cool thing though is that his bleeding disease has a built-in trigger to for spray of filth so if he kills everyone within six inches gets a blight token so you can often cause these blight cascades where every time you get a kill with hamlin you're getting two more blight on the next thing that you're going to try and kill other than that hamlin the, the, the piper's got like a much more linear sort of play style he's the first cool thing he's got going for him is this bonus action, the Piper's Influence, which is a range 12 bonus action that targets willpower. It stuns the enemy, and uh, this is that thing I was talking about that lets you then build in triggers whenever you target that enemy. Playing models just get to add a suit of their choice, so they they can do a few cool things with that. Mostly it's like the models that have the Taint Trigger get an extra crow, and the Rat King gets to uh, build in Onslaught, but I have never actually brought a Rat King with the Piper. I tend to prioritize other models. Yeah, because when I played the Piper, I ended up 
bringing some models like Rusty Alice and maybe Mad Dog where you can really, especially Rusty Alice, I had like, I had one instance where I obeyed a peacekeeper into Rusty Alice's pit trap and then just beat the bricks off of it. It activated, it did like two damage to itself and then I killed it. I, yeah, I really rate Rusty Alice with the Piper. Hazard's terrain in general is great when you have Obey. And there's, yep. uh, I, I once did something very stupid with Rusty Alice, which was I obeyed an enemy model to charge Rusty herself. Uh, so it took a damage from charging into the pit trap she'd laid in front of herself. Then mm -hmm. it took a second damage when it made the attack off of the charge. And then I cheated in a tome with Rusty for her um, unmade trigger. So mm -hmm. uh, it took a third damage, and that was just me <laughs> resolving the obey, and I'd done a min sure. three hit to the target and also put in two injured on them. But what his obey is really good for is um, both his bonus action and his uh, obey have the tainted chorus trigger, which gives the target two blight tokens. It doesn't stack like uh, the taint trigger does, but it does let you pretty comfortably get four blight on a single target every turn. Yeah. If uh, what you'll usually do is bring a really big cache with the Piper and you'll stone for the tainted chorus trigger on the bonus action. And then the bonus action will allow you to have the trigger built in when you declare the obey. But what's quite, uh, so, so that lets you like, your basic line of play, therefore, becomes uh, early in the game, you're just trying to get into a firing position, and every activation, Hamlin's kind of going bonus action for two blight, obey for two blight, and now I'm going to bleeding disease you twice for eight damage. The Where this sort of falls down relative to the uh, first Hamlin is every activation, you're trying to hit four offensive duels. Yeah, card intensive. Yeah, it's it's it can be pretty rough, and it can be unreliable like i've had i had a game where hamlin spent three turns just trying to kill one autumn knight and <laughs> he got there and in you the were like, end but if i was playing the original this would have been dead two turns ago i know <laughs> it was so annoying <laughs> <laughs> like the almost the only other thing ha this hamlin even has on his card is uh, a tactical action which needs an eight to go off that mostly exists as marker removal it also does like it ha it can pulse out a fair bit of blight because it's a six inch pulse that can force people to get a blight token um if they fail a willpower duel and it can summon a rat but this hamlin doesn't really use rats so much they yeah i was gonna ask do you even bring benny with this version of that or is benny just good enough where he can do his own thing with the rats uh, you bring, you can bring Benny, but he's much less efficient here. Um, nothing yeah. this version of Hamlin does provides bonus actions for, uh, sorry, not bonus actions, bonus scheme markers for Benny to use. Hamlin 1 doesn't either, but Unclean Influence is a way better and more efficient way of managing rats than Obey is. You never want to obey a rat just no like that's that's just a waste <laughs> of awful. a master's action what a terrible idea but even if you did obey can't take an action which uh like that would name a model which means that you can't uh obey a rat to turn it into a rat king so your rat kings are a lot less efficient because they have to have a rat yeah. activate and combine and it costs you an action whereas hamlin without having to even take a full action without even looking in the direction of the rats just goes go on you guys can do it and yep. they they form up 
So what kind of situation do you like the Piper over the original? Where the Piper is good is a little bit as counterplay. So the Piper, if he isn't bringing Benny, if he isn't bringing Rat Summon shenanigans, can instead afford to go very elite, mostly out of keyword models. So you end up with a crew that isn't what someone who hears Hamlin is expecting to see. <laughs> uh, instead of seeing a bunch of squishy, easy-to-kill models that are clumping up, you instead end up with this very elite, spread-out crew, many of them armored, and because you're going for things like Rusty Alice. You kind of want scavengers, I find, because scavengers are really neat with... Uh, are really useful for just guaranteeing a couple of more severes to make that card-intensive nature of... Uh, this version of Hamlin a bit more reliable. Yeah, put out some focus too. The metaller just a little bit funny for a bit bit more hazardous terrain, but that's that's a bit more of a gimmicky idea, I tend to think. Um, though it can get very funny. There's a trick I'll talk about in a second that's very funny with the um, it j- just trying to stack up hazardous terrain. But the other thing I quite like is bringing the disease containment unit here. And then because I have both the Disease Containment Unit and Rusty Alice, it's really tempting to bring the Catalan Brawler because the Brawler can generate more attacks off those two models. And he really synergizes nicely with the DCU in particular because uh, the Flamethrower targets movement and the Brawler's punches apply staggered. So it's very nice to just punch someone. Now their movement is like three or something and it generates a free shot off the DCU. Yeah. So what's the trick with the metallurgist then, or the gimmick? So the gimmick is that... Ham- I'm guessing every- something with vent steam. Yeah, yeah. So you, you're like, you put up your vent steam, you drop your landmines, you have pit traps nearby, you've got this like weird hazardous bubble. Hamlin has a the this trigger on both his Obey and Bleeding Disease called Music in the Air, which is an immediately trigger push the target up to two inches in any direction. Now, from memory, that means that the action can fail and you still get the push because it's declared the, it's resolved when you declared the trigger, which is before figuring out if the action even worked. And what you can do with that is uh, some very silly things because if you land the bonus action, this trigger is now just like built in or maybe you have some weak tomes or whatever and you're just looking for it to make it work and you're kind of like looking to obey an enemy model into all of that hazardous and then uh you're bleeding disease them several times often at negatives from memory because the spent steam will give them concealment but you don't care because all that's happening is you're automatically getting this trigger and without any like way to avoid it you're doing three individual pips of uh hazardous damage (laughs) to them every time so um if i if i remember right if they start off near it and so the music in the air trigger on the obey resolves you get to push them two inches into the hazardous with the obey uh like with, with the with the trigger on the obey do to do like three damage to them then have them charge something and do six more damage because that's two actions in uh they, they then resolve in three lots of hazardous then you the bleeding disease twice and then that's another six damage so i think you've done like 15 damage here and technically you only needed to hit the bonus action and the obey 
which is a lot less card intensive than how it normally is. What it is, though, is very setup intensive. You need your enemy. Yeah, I was going to say very, you have very near the metal. It's, it, it's, it, it, it's better than good. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say whenever you see somebody setting up like that, you really have to start looking at the board. Like, okay, we're we're setting up for something here. And usually, the best thing to do in those cases when your opponent's setting up like these hazardous terrain, just nightmares. Usually the best thing to do is to throw their own models in it if they don't ignore it. That way they start feeling the pain as well. And actually with the minefields, that I actually think the minefields for free core can be a trick sometimes, a trap. Because every time I've started putting mines down, usually my opponent throws my armor models in them. So I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> At least the metal just saves you from that. Yeah, right. Uh, they've got the uh, the enchanted steel aura where your yeah. armor can reduce hazardous damage. But yeah, look, <laughs> I'm not I'm not out there telling you anyone that that's the way to play Hamlin, uh, Hamlin too. But uh, <laughs> when when Liam wants to uh, try something cheeky against his meta, he'll throw that out. I'm I'm largely not in love with the with the Piper, but the um, it, it definitely has a really nice place as a like. It's because so, even though it has so much text overlap with Hamlin One, it plays so dramatically differently that yeah. it forces a, your opponent into weird questions about how to tech into it, and it's just useful into stuff like Guild where you're expecting a lot of laugh off, yeah. and that that that. Like, if you're playing a strategy where you want the ability to manipulate your opponent's position, like something like Covert Ops or uh, Guard, then an Obey into Guild is a lot better than a Lure. And uh, yeah, like the, 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 there's, he's the good kind of title in that he, I would say he doesn't overshadow his original version at all. In fact, I think nah. he's quite overshadowed. I think we talked in Outcasts how a lot of the titles don't overshadow the originals in Outcasts. Yeah, yeah. Um, that they either did a very good job designing our titles or our originals were cracked all along. <laughs> So I, I have two more things that I want to talk about before we start wrapping this thing up. The, the next thing is kind of like, okay, what strategies and schemes do you like with Hamlin and the Plague and Vermin keyword? So what is, what is he good at doing in GG3? Yeah, so the main thing he lacks is mobility, which is great in GG3 because you don't need it. Um, so he kind of like trends towards a uh, brawl in the center sort of crew. He... Yep. He's very good at any of the classic kill strats, like where, because even though he isn't mobile, like uh, as a rule, immobile, like slow crews that are only good at killing, uh, if you play them on a strat like Reckoning or the currently Cursed Objects, you're a little bit vulnerable to crews that try to play cagey because they'll just try to avoid the brawl with you, go somewhere else, score some scheme points, and maybe run in towards the end of a turn and snipe out a model. Hamlin, with his lure and with his rats giving him activation control, is a lot more resilient to that sort of play than a lot of like the slow, uh, slow bubble crews. So, uh, particularly the activation control just completely screws with that option of like run in late and kill something because you'll still yeah. have like Hamlin and the wretch on deck to respond to whatever just came running in. So he quite likes the, the straight kill stuff, and he likes fighting for control over the center. He's got, like, a, like I've discussed, that for all that Hamlin's keyword is weak to AoE, his crew does can do some serious 
AOE between pustle and tumors and the disease containment and yeah. uh, the new fumigator model is more AOEs. So albeit in like melee instead of range like the DCU. So he he likes a good clump fight in um that's that's where that like that uh the sloppiness can really like shine where models are just dying left and right and you're pretty sure you're winning you're probably winning yeah and i i think that also his crew really likes vendetta and assassinate because one he can score them really well but two they also deny it pretty well i mean the 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 stones are not a lot for these models like I think most of your good models cap out at like eight soul stones. Yeah. So you're, you're not giving them a great target for that. And then also assassinates tough on Hamlin, but you can also score those things pretty well. Yeah. You're pretty well built to score assassinate by about turn three. Most, uh, most masters are in a position where the wretch only kind of has to stare at them funny. And suddenly it's, uh, yeah, you've pretty much got it in the bag. The, other cute one they've got going for them is Hidden Martyrs because, again, everyone's really cheap and you've got a diverse array of uh, models that they that could have been the uh, the Martyrs' choices. And it's always nice when you're playing a crew where everything's designed to die easily and now your opponent is second-guessing whether they can even afford to kill a model. <laughs> so you've got some good stuff um, for most of the killing schemes. But one thing I want to note that sometimes surprises people, which I almost think it shouldn't, because we've already talked about it, is that he's very good at dropping scheme markers, because I'm already bringing models that I want to drop scheme markers with because of Benny. And also, having Benny and the Rat Kings that we've mentioned, I'm also quite good at removing scheme markers. So for all that he's a brawly crew, like something... He doesn't want to do spread them out. Like, that's starting to get a bit too action-intensive. Um, yeah. But he can do a breakthrough fairly well um, because, uh, like, uh, not on corner deployment, but on pretty much any of the others, uh, you have enough time over the get course of the game usually to work your way into a position where you can get a breakthrough point. And uh, Benny's good for those, like, just last-minute runs. And getting the like a clump of scheme markers down is... Uh, in a signal spot is kind of uh, quite easy with Benny's loyal to the very end aura. You just get into a situation where you like start running rats over to stand next to Benny and then you just have to kill them one by one and now you have your three scheme markers all stacked up. <laughs> so leave, leave your mark is a phenomenal scheme for him because it's uh, encouraging a center brawl it's also really scheme marker intensive but he also just kind of does yeah that. like they just kind and of- i feel like a lot of crews struggle with the second point of leave your mark like the first point's fine yeah but that last point i've seen a lot of people who choose leave your mark and just don't get that second point yeah if you don't bring tools that are designed to drop scheme markers without the interact action it's quite difficult to do but i like if i'm playing my crew where i've hired the emissary and yannick i've already yeah. got that and that's yep. before even looking at what Benny can do. And Benny can do yeah. a lot. Benny can do that. Benny can do any, have three markers in a play scheme, like just by existing and rats doing their thing where they die. And rats do die. There, there's been so many games where like, uh, like the, the critical point was scored by just Benny charging a rat and shanking it as the, um, <laughs> and me just praying I don't flip the black joker on damage because this is the only action I had left. <laughs> This is my last chance. Yeah. 
Though sometimes he has, I guess he'll often have his bonus action if there's another rat nearby to hope that that finishes the job. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, and um, have you had have you had any luck with that uh, cancerous cursed list that you've been dropping occasionally with uh, with Hamlin? Uh yeah. Look, uh, it's it's straight up busted, honestly. <laughs> the, um, so cursed. <laughs> Those object. people that don't know, just kind of share real quick what what the list generally does. Uh, so cursed objects is a badly written strategy. I'm sorry. Um, it's uh, it doesn't really account for the fact that you can just hire a couple of tanky models and then a wall of insignificant models and give your opponent no way to score. And Hamlin is better placed to do that than just about any other master in the game. So you just run a list that's like Hamlin 1 and Nyx, and then you hire 12 rats, and then I usually take four upgrades, uh, Sermon of Dark Powers on Hamlin and Nyx, and Soldier for Hire on two of the Stolen, because the only thing... Which is super good. It's ridiculous. The only thing making Stolen even more annoying than they already are is uh, giving them hard to kill on a two hit point model. With Serene Gardens. It's just... And stealth. It's just egregious. And and, uh, what's hilarious is that Soldier for Hire has like a minion only effect that never comes up because uh yeah. most most outcast minions you just don't want to have to put an upgrade on um they're not they're not really in a position where they're reliable enough to, for that to be worth it but soldier for hire's minion effect is adorable it's this uh ability called bounty hunter that i don't think exists anywhere else in the game that i wish i got to use more often and after the after you kill a model you draw a card if it was an enforcer or a henchman, you draw two cards. And if the enemy was a master, you draw like three cards and get a soul stone. And so stolen the only up. other time you see this is usually with Nephilim. Yes. When you yes. play Barbaros. You'll, uh, this will come up occasionally when bring on a mature Nephilim. And that's yep. like it. Um, but a stolen, like, like a, I said when we were talking about them, they're weirdly killy. Like they're, yeah. they're, they're, it's pretty easy to do a three damage hit with a stolen. I don't, I don't, I don't think I told you, Liam. I actually ended up killing the Clampets with the stolen when I did this list one time. Oh, that doesn't surprise me at all. The, uh, <laughs> like, I, I, I couldn't even list the number of like absurdly powerful models my stolen have downed. The, uh, they're, they're, they're phenomenal. So, like, you're, you're gonna get like. It's not unreasonable to expect to get card drawer and other random perks off this this upgrade on them. Anyway, once you've done all of that, you have a 10 soulstone cache. And your list doesn't look particularly substantial, but uh, what you've all you've got to do is not lose Nyx and not lose Hamlin. And those are two pretty dang tanky models. And you have 10 soulstones backing them up. And they're healing every time they get a kill because you put Sermon of Dark Powers on them. To score the strategy, all you need to do is get one kill a turn, and uh, Curse Objects doesn't kill if the model ca- doesn't care if the model doing the killing is in- is significant or not. So your twelve rats and your three stolen are all viable killers, <laughs> and you know how we said that uh, rats get dangerous at a tipping point of about five rats. Well, when you start with twelve of them on the table, that happens a lot. Mo- I think every time I've ever gotten a min three rat, like the the seven damage point where the rats become stat nine min three has been playing this like start with 12 rats build it's usually fairly impractical to get like when you're doing summoning builds but i've uh i've definitely done it with this list and uh quite a few times like 
So your your crew puts out a lot of damage, and also just running twelve rats to the opponent makes it quite easy to get good pustulant tumors into position. And so long as you play a bit cagey with your two significant models, uh, your opponent just flat out should not score a single strategy point. The only way they can actually get four strategy points is to kill Nix on Nix on like turn two and Hamlin on turn three. And then they they technically get a point four and five because you no longer have a significant model on the table. Well, let me ask you, how many times has Hamlin or Nix died turn two for you? Uh, I a couple here and there. Usually when I got unlucky. <laughs> the only the only time I've seen that happen is when I played. And I was playing against Titania, and she threw me into the thorns into her crew, and then just killed Hamlin. Yeah, I've I've like oh, I remember there was a game once where like my opponent was running Zerada, and this was like pre Boker nerf, so there were three Bokers with Obey and the Mysterious Emissary, and mm. from memory, the entire list was just like how to make the Emissary attack nine times in a turn. Just um, ruin you. <laughs> and so, yeah, Hamlin got, like, dragged into the hazardous terrain and absolutely bombarded and ripped to shreds. Hungry Land. I'm sorry. Hungry Land's stupid. Dixon's not here, but <laughs> the Hungry Land is stupid. I hate those markers with a passion. Yeah, and because it's got, like, a ram trigger, and I was on negatives on the resist flips, he was able to, yeah. like, pull me And they can put staggered on you. Yeah, and, and he was able to pull me out of the stolen aura and, and kill me. And... From memory, I made that game a tie despite losing Hamlin top of two without him activating on turn two. So um, I was I was pretty pleased that that as just like a showcase you, of you Hamlin's still had you still had Benny, my friend. Yeah, exactly. He's the real master. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that, but he's definitely running his own you know side game, his side hustle, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Look, uh, I will concede Hamlin is a much more terrifying model than Benny, but Benny. Benny is kind of what makes the crew as a whole an attrition crew because even though you're losing models constantly, sing, yeah. he's keeping up the like the flow of reinforcements sort of just long enough for you to win out. Unfortunately, he's not in the twelve rats build, so sometimes you get into a situation where like I actually played it in the New Zealand uh, GT and hence my brother. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we, poor we, man. We, poor we, man. We, got, we got into the terrible situation where we both played too well, and then like day two we had to play one another. But, uh, yeah, so we, we faced each other on the cursed objects. Was, um, was he just like, uh, not again, not yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was of the view that he had won enough games at that point that he was happy with the track record. And then I put down the 12 rats and he went, cool, nice, relaxing game. It was over in an hour and a half. Um, <laughs> we, we, we played a full five turns. Uh, we just kind of knew everything that was going to happen. And one of the things that was going to happen was that the uh, mysterious emissary was going to kill like six rats in one shot at one point. Um, yeah. I think on turn three, I started this game with 17 models and he started the game with like seven. And on turn three, we both had six models on the table. Like the <laughs> rats just got annihilated. But the, but fundamentally uh, what happened was very quickly, he was playing Titania. She, her blight level got to a point where she had to just run away. Um, <laughs> and she was the only thing that he had that could kind of have a shot at killing Nyx. 
And sure. uh, we didn't really touch on Nix's weak points, but he really does not like a moderate four or really a yeah. moderate five damage hit because uh, he's immune to severe. But if you've got a like, if you've got like a two four five attack with like a crit strike trigger and yeah. Hamlin isn't nearby, that's the kind of thing that can ruin Nix's day quite quickly. Because even stoning for damage, he's still taking like a half of his hit points off every time. So. But once Titania was forced to quit the pool, uh, quit quit the brawl, I was basically a, there just going, okay, I can... I, I think Vendetta was in the pool as well, so uh, Nyx was able to score Vendetta off the Emissary, and I was able to just kind of like score three strat points all up for a five four tie because he's just he just left and scored all four of his scheme points, never scored a strat point. Yeah. So what? Getting into all that, and this is where I think people that are in your meta are going to take their notepads out because, you know, they're like, all right, what do I do against this? And so what are some of the, we just discussed something Nyx doesn't like, but what are some of the other weaknesses and counters that Hamlin really doesn't like seeing or struggles into? Yeah, it, it, it's actually genuinely tricky, right? Because um, that thing I, that I was talking about earlier was... Um, about how when something bad happens to you as the Hamlin player, most of the plague models give you something in return. So when I talk about counters to Hamlin, they always feel softer than they should. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, when someone's trying to, like, really counterbill me, I'm still often looking at it going, I can make this work. There's uh, the fact... So there's, there's the classic things that Hamlin's... We like obviously weak too. So uh, primarily, it's anti demise because he lives off of his demise. His card draw comes from demise effects. His stolen are um, give you a good attrition buff when they die off of a demise effect. I actually think anti demise is better for turning off the card draw and for turning off the stolen's demise than it is for actually killing Hamlin. Because then you have to go near Hamlin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we talked about this a, a bit on the Outcast uh, episode, which is like Land of the Souls, awesome rule. It's a six inch aura. Being six inches away from Hamlin is a bad place to be. So you, you, if you ever have to like exist in that space, you, you, you're, you're going to have a hard time. You, you basically have to do so. I did see a line of play in this month's Houston tournament. They streamed it that I think would work against Hamblin, but it you have to set it up. The the Arcanist player brought Loeth out of keyword against uh, Huggy and you know Jacob Lynch and all those those people, and basically he got Huggy down to three hit points, and he was playing Hoffman too. So he ended up charging the charging Loeth. And then dunking Lohith and placing him an inch from himself to get Lantern of Souls in range. And then he used Hoffman's laser to do three damage to kill off Huggy, turning off the demise so he couldn't come back. Yeah, there's, there's ways to make it work. Like I, I've seen um, Hamlin go down occasionally to things like uh, Manos hiding behind a forest for like yeah. two rounds, two three rounds of the game, and then and just jumping like, out the prize. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, you have to play quite cagey because, like, if I see an anti demise effect on the table, I'm I'm sitting here with a stat seven lure uh, and a fairly tanky master. Like, I'm not. 
that scared if Hamlin's on full health, if I drag Loweth into melee with me, um, sure. because I can kill Loweth quite efficiently, and I can probably kill him before I die to the Antidemise. It's only going to really be a threat once I'm down low anyway. Yeah, I found that very similar. People, I've noticed the more I play Sand Deep, the more people bring Anti-Demise crap. And it's kind of the same thing where it's like, I mean, I've had Manos kind of jump into my crew and I was like, I mean, okay, but you're in the middle of my crew and I have some like golems and, you know, some other shockwave stuff. And it's like, you're, you're, this isn't a good spot for you to be in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, well, if we're talking about powerful models that my stolen have killed, I think they may have killed more Manoses in their time than any other model. <laughs> Rather players beware. The children will get you. Yeah. Um, Nevertheless, like the, they don't like being killed by Manos because uh, then I don't get my free rats and my free blight and uh, that yeah. sort of stuff. So you can turn off a lot of the um, the like the minor attrition buffs that Hamlin gets out of being killed, like their crew gets out of being killed um, with stuff like that. Your uh, the other one that can actually that, that's possibly better for actually trying to kill Hamlin himself is anti-healing because anti-healing is more like an, it's usually an effect that you just have to stick and then it stays on till the end phase. So if you're yeah. going for a kill on Hamlin himself, like that's actually your game plan. I would probably look more towards anti-healing than anti-demise. Both aren't common is the other thing. It's very possible you're playing a faction without either. So in situations like that, at, if you need to kill Hamlin, at a certain point, I would worry that it's probably not worth your time trying to kill Hamlin. I, I, yeah. um, but if as if you if you feel like you need to, you're going to have to just find a way to scalp the stolen at that stage. What Hamlin tends to dislike more than counter tech, I think, is like just pools. So I. This may be a me thing, because I love Hamlin, so I will play him on pools he's really not built to be good for. Well, and, and you have a lot of... And, and that's the thing, when you when you play the um, when you play the keyword so much, you have so many ways to counter it, where sometimes, even though it may not be ideal, you have enough tricks in the bag to kind of work your way around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that definitely can be true, but what what pools specifically are you like? Yeah, that's really bad for Hamlin. So Symbol's authority is garbage. <laughs> what's what's tragic about that is he actually used to be fairly good at it. When I was had the option to summon a Rat King, make it fast, uh, then use Unclean Influence to send it like eight inches past my opponent's front line, and then activate it and then run it twice and interact. I could actually do Symbol's quite competently, uh, but no. now the summon models can't kind of take interact actions with um strategy markers that's that's become a bit chart bit more challenging i probably just straight up don't play hamlin on symbols anymore which is probably fine because i exist in the faction with tara i would say uh generally speaking the 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 things that i run into trouble with is when i need to spread out hamlin kind of wants a fight where he's keeping everyone within about six inches of him um, more enemy models, honestly, than his own. Um, you want the vermin models within six inches of him, but the rest of the crew can kind of go do whatever. So stuff yeah. like um, guard and covert on the diagonal deployments can be a little bit tricky because you you're starting to stretch the uh, the limits of your um, your inf- 
like how much of the table you can influence. Throw in a scheme or two, like spread them out, and you're gonna um, have a bit of a tricky time actually like stopping your opponent from scoring, even if you think you have other schemes that make make it quite comfortable for you to score. Like it, it's not a death. The, 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 what makes it tricky though is that it's not a death now. Like I can play corner deployment, guard the stash, Hamlin comfortably. Um, I will be all over the center line by turn two, so I'm not really that worried about it. And uh, if I can just mop up on the center line, I can score all my strat points there, and that's kind of my game plan as Hamlin to begin with. Um, but it does give my opponent more opportunities for counterplay. It's the sort of that gives the sort of setup where they can have a schemer hiding in like the bottom left corner of the map, yeah. who just has to run in at the end of the turn to uh, deny me a critical strategy point and and that's where that like you start to run into that issue where you you want to keep the game uh fast paced and messy and if your opponent's able to has the breathing space to be a bit more cerebral um that they're they're going to have opportunities to score that you don't necessarily have a recourse to uh, to respond so to. what what about if you go against a crew that has a lot of range? Does Hamlin have a lot of problems with that? I know you have lures, but if I can take out your models from afar, do you ever find that to be a problem? It was a much bigger issue before the disease disease containment unit. Okay. Um, now I have the ability to fight fire with fire. <laughs> <laughs> It's just one model. It's not like gonna win me a shooting match against a pure. Yeah, gun but it line. just gives you gives but, you another layer and another option, right? Yeah, I I get to feel like I'm doing something turn one two before everything else gets to like catch up and um, the brawl begins in earnest. But absolute. But but that said, um, the best way to fight Hamlin is as far away from Hamlin as you can possibly get. So guns are a hundred percent a good idea. So I but once again, that's kind of the problem with this GG is yeah. that you kind of want to be in the middle because that's where the points are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you do need a plan for that. Other things that are useful are uh, like, yeah, like a lure, lure sort of effects that can pull Hamlin out of positions quite good. There's an interesting effect that happens where when you actually need your crew to like be keeping pace with like, Hamlin and your opponent actually manages to lure Hamlin out of them. Um, because you've brought a large crew with a lot of models, you spend a lot, like, e- even if each model only has to take one walk action to catch up so that they're back in a position where they're relevant for Hamlin's positioning, you, if you have to take 10 walk actions because you've got 10 models in your crew, you've burned a lot of AP, um, yeah. like, having to shift that line of engagement. Yeah, and uh, obviously... A couple of AoEs never go go astray. The cautionary tale, I would say, is don't overly focus on the AoEs. So as a Hamlin player, I'm always looking to work out if rats are better than rat kings. And if my opponents brought like a ton of two, three, fours with AoE effects, then yeah. rat kings are obviously better than rats. And if you have not neglected the ability to chunk down a uh, a racking in an activation, which is not hard. A racking is seven hit points with nothing, absolutely no <laughs> defensive rules. So with a robe on, yeah. But <laughs> but if you've put, if, if you've only got min two shots for it, then I'm uh, like, then that that those are a serious threat. Like if they're gonna get to go in 
um, live live long enough to activate, go in and uh, and just wreak havoc. And so, so you you kind of do want to make sure you have a balance of different options for 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 what you're going to run up against. I will throw say though, outcasts in general have very few ways of doing marker removal, and hazardous terrain can really mess with a Hamlin crew. The hungry land is a great great shout. Yeah. Um. But anyway, but other ways to like block up the board are really useful. But be careful of destructible terrain because rats can eat it. <laughs> Nothing that stops the rat from taking the slam action. So pit traps are a lot worse than hungry land. Oh yeah, nothing makes you sadder than your um, your pylon markers with with uh, Hoffman being slammed by these stupid rats. <laughs> I like to think they like suplex them over there. <laughs> yep, <they're> like, <laughs> <laughs> the um, or it's like caber tossing or something. Yeah, I, I, I've I've had a. Uh, experience once against a zip player where he'd set up a lovely little wall of pianos and uh i was able to like have a rat catcher drop a rat in position uh and make the rat fast and then the rat activated and just took three slam actions and destroyed all three pianos sad so sad i mean you you can get rats in your piano man you gotta watch out for that yep they they eat right through them you wouldn't wouldn't believe Well, Liam, I mean, I'm going to give you kind of your last uh, hurrah here. Just anything else you want to share about your beloved rats before we uh, let you go? Uh, it's it's a lovely crew. <laughs> I, I, I just I, want to I, point I, to people that Liam and I were talking and Liam's like, hey, I could talk four hours about Hamlin. Uh, comfortably. <laughs> My favorite thing about this crew is that I feel like I'm always like I'm still digging. Like there's so yeah. much. uh depth dixon actually talked about this on the outcast episode there's a lot of like judgment calls you make as a hamlin player um on when is the right situation for different tools is this rat gonna actually like if your opponent has abilities that benefit from enemy models dying is that rat actually going to be a liability to me more than it is going to be an asset um or you've got uh, or is the like the or is combining them into a racking a bad idea because I actually want my opponent to kill the four rats individually to give me four cards. Whereas if it's yeah. a racking, I only get one card when it dies. There's um like uh, I took a long time to key on to how good Pustulant Tumors was as an action. I yeah. uh, and then and then you start finding like the synergies, like the 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 moment a rat king on low hit points turns itself into a rat catcher is pretty great. But then when you realize that it did it within four inches of Benny and you're able to get a ski marker out of that action as well. Ah, it starts getting sublime. There's, uh, <laughs> there's all these like little efficiencies that you just keep yeah, a lot of learning. And uh, the more, and efficiencies are important. You're playing a keyword with a lot of models and you're expecting your opponent to kill them often before they activate. So every little advantage you ring out of uh, out of the rules on your cards is uh, is critical. Like, but as a nice little like free perk, it's a keyword where a lot of the triggers just get to be built in for some reason. Like terminal being built in on the black staff, or we didn't even really talk about rat catches, which are a a six point support model that is uh, also a min four beta because they have built in on their attack a trigger that gives them plus two damage, uh, provided the opponent's got at least two blight on them, but that's not exactly hard to set up. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It's not often where your opponent, where, where you have like your your six point backliner walk in and just be like, and four damage, and four damage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there are there are henchmen that are envious of the uh, of the rat catcher's uh, damage track. I swear. Yeah. So it's and it's a cool cool fact that like we're coming up on another uh, release wave. And cool thing from the Hamlin perspective and from a Benny player perspective is that I now have another whole wave of releases where I am just looking for any model that has those precious words drops a scheme marker anywhere on their card because <laughs> uh, I'm always looking for ways to make that like summon engine more efficient, require less in, in like investment so I can hire uh, like models that actually get to start the game doing things. Yeah, I think that's definitely when you play a keyword so intensive, you really when there's new models or new updates or new erratas or buffs or nerfs, you really can start looking at like, oh, they changed it this way. That fits in this crew that I play a lot really well. Um, So, yeah, that is my brief overview of hamlin if you want more detail i have more tricks <laughs> but, uh, but yeah it is. there's a lot there, there is a lot of tricks with hamlin and i i only have like 10 games into him and i think he's one of those keywords where you probably need 30 to 50 to really start flushing out some of the cool things it 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 like it's taken me a long time i i love him love him to bits and uh it's what makes them rewarding. Ultimately, is that yeah. like you just you just get to keep coming back and finding finding more stuff that he can do. Yeah, I feel that way with Colette. I've I've started playing Colette one quite a bit, and her cards definitely very similar to Hamlin's, where there's a lot of positional stuff. There's some damage there. There's times where you can bury your opponent or you can bury yourself. Uh, you can put out scheme markers. You can do this that, and it's like. It becomes overwhelming, but the more games you get into it, the more you see the possibilities as the board starts to develop. Yeah, and and with stuff like Hamlin, where there's so much stuff going on and so many like value judgments to make, like for for me, a really good learning process was to do um, things like okay, for this game, I'm not going to make a rat king. I'm going to actually see what just having rats on the table can do because when i started uh i was very into making rat kings as efficiently as possible and now i'm trying to always looking to see like is half a dozen rats more effective and you're kind of trying to get to that point where because you're trying to play this crew quickly often on a clock if you're playing them competitively um even if you're not playing them on a clock try to play this crew quickly because it's a bit of a drag for your opponent to watch you slowly resolve eight rat activations when they're fully tapped out on activations so (laughs) yeah because because there's nothing worse than you just sitting there well i could do this well i could do that yeah well what happens if i move the no and then if i combine nope and yeah it definitely is frustrating at, at for an opponent to see that so when, when you combine all of that with how easy your, your models are to kill and how many options you have as a Hamlin player, I would encourage you to let go of an analytical approach to the game and kind of just go with your gut. Uh, it backs, backfires occasionally. It backfired kind of be on that, the uh, <laughs> Kind of be that leaf on the wind. Yeah, yeah. Like, 
there there are definitely times it's hurt me. I reckon I could probably have won that uh that last key game at uh the New Zealand GT if I'd just taken a little bit more time to think through what I was doing. But yeah. generally speaking, it's a crew that you kind of want to be more follow your gut than listen to your head um, in terms of how, what you're doing. It's uh, which is relaxing. Is it? I I think Plague is a relaxing crew because you're not going to die. Of your opponents. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but from my perspective, my stuff's going to die. But most often, I get rewarded for my stuff dying, so I don't care. True. And uh, the stuff I do care about probably isn't going to die, so I don't have to worry about that. And the stuff that I want to kill, it's going to die. So <laughs> it's it's yeah, just, if your rats die, just it's no big deal. Just you know, summon some more. You're okay. Yeah, yeah. And meanwhile, Hamlin won't die. And the thing that Hamlin just pointed at, it's dead. I, I don't I don't need to put too much effort into it. It's defense zero. It has six blight on it. It's it's gone. All right, Liam. We're gonna leave it there though, because I know it's late for you and oh yeah. Uh, this is a bit to edit for me, so I'm going to have to get to work on this one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for having me on. I've been bugging you to let me do this for a while. (laughs) Yeah, you've been wanting this one for a long time, and a lot of people have. A lot of people really are excited for this one to come out for sure. But uh, until next time, make sure that you guys are flipping cards, flipping tables, and we'll see you all later. Yep.